With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, Geek Soul Brother here. I'm putting the funk in the final frontier. Welcome to episode 238 of Geek Soul Brother and the Nerdy Venoms. In this episode, we were honored by having our guest Larry Nemechek, who's a renowned expert on Star Trek uh walking encyclopedia as a matter of fact uh we didn't hit him with a lot of trivia but he did give us a lot of his backstory that we want to know about as far as him developing a uh star trek the next generation companion book that was so well done that he gained the attention of writers and of the show uh started doing consulting and stuff like that for the different star trek series and and also for uh comic cons and and events that featured star trek and then um how he turned a lot of his notes and interviews and so forth into properties they developed like trekland and portal 47 and we even talked about the documentary that he's developing called the con of wrath one of the early first as a matter of fact major comic cons uh focusing on star trek had all the stars there and hardly anybody showed up it was early i think larry said in 70s or 80s it was very early and um uh yeah it, it crashed and burned so he's making a documentary about that um he also talked about how the newer fans of the abrams films and so forth are revisiting the older series and how there's this new buzz this new uh energy that's being injected into the older series so uh, that was good to hear that was definitely good to hear hey um find us on uh itunes and stitcher and if you do rate and subscribe the show to the show we really appreciate it also leave some comments so we know if we're doing good if we're uh uh giving you guys things that you want to hear also you can find us on uh facebook twitter and google plus and don't forget to go to geeksoulbrother.com where you can find news reviews and trailers and also where you can hit that donate button that's that no hate button and if you have any questions or comments email me at geeksoulbrother at gmail.com and don't forget about the nerdy venoms you can hit them five nerdy venoms f-i-v-e nerdy venoms on facebook and twitter if you want all your nerdy news on a daily basis the private and uh all the other nerdy venoms they do a good job uh updating with news and so forth on daily also if you want to listen to us live hit us tuesdays on talkshoe.com talk shoe like you wear.com 10 p.m eastern and uh we'd love to hear from you you can listen live you can even call up to the show if you want really appreciate that always enjoy a good nerdy conversation and lastly don't forget there's language in the show it's adult language so other than that i hope you guys enjoyed the show i hope you guys enjoy listening to larry nemechek as much as we did uh uh definitely a fountain of knowledge and um uh knowledge and experiences so uh check it out enjoy peace <laughs> oh God, Huckabee with pizza. 
Mike Huckabee tweeted, I trust Bernie Sanders with my tax dollars like I trust a North Korean chef with my Labrador. <laughs> oh, wow. He didn't go for the jugular. He should have said a Chinese He should have said Chinese. Hey, 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 Larry, hello. He's too cowardly. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi. Hi. I feel like I was five minutes late to the party. No, no. No. <laughs> no, actually, I was I was just saving you from the, uh, we were just <laughs> the first five yeah, minutes of our show. We, yeah, we just saved you from an inappropriate moment. So, oh, hey, I don't, oh, don't worry. Trust me, there's going to be plenty of more, more of those to come. I hope so. I don't need any saving. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you say that now. Yeah, you, okay, that was that was your disclaimer. Now you know we can't help you now. Fair we game. can't. Fair game. <laughs> Larry, you you're definitely not late to this show because we always start off late. Oh yeah. yeah. No, well, I didn't mean late, late. I meant like the party's in full swing is what I meant. Oh, it starts off oh, in yeah. full swing. Yeah. 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 That's why we're yeah. always, that's why we're always late because the party starts as soon as we all get together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the, yeah. the introductions are, uh, the introductions ended up, end up getting late. But Larry, thanks for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, shout out to Lakita for, uh, uh, yeah. setting up everything. Yeah, yeah. I uh, no, I I I'm finding new. Uh, I, I'm glad. I'm always running into great new people. And she told me you guys had this show, and I said, "Well, I, what do I do to get on?" So thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Really looking problem. forward to it. And for you listeners out there, this goes to Keith Holbrook and Nerdy Venom, and we have we have special guests on the show. We got Larry Manekic, and he's the. Um, He's the creator of Techland and Portal 47, virtually a walking encyclopedia of Star Trek. Um, uh, we're going to talk to him about his brand, what he's doing, what he thinks about uh, uh, the world of Star Trek and so forth. And uh, we're just going to get into that. But first, before all of that, as always, I have to introduce my nerdy Venom. We have Illuminous <laughs> on the call. Hola. I was going to do something longer, but we got a guest, so I'm just going to do that next. Not being selfish. That, that's nice of you, Illuminous. Also, you couldn't think of anything, but that's okay. Yeah, that, that's just more uh, along the line. Now I want to do it. <laughs> oh, God. Don't. It's, too, it's too late now. It's just too late. We got to keep going. Keep going forward. Keep going forward. Don't bend out of shit. Man down. We got We got the private. Calling it now, Picard would so beat Kirk in a barroom brawl. Duh. <laughs> No. Nah, no. no way. No way. Anyway, nah. before before we get into Captain's debate, we got uh we got Kobe Wan Kenobi on the call. <laughs> oh Kobe Wan, uh... I was expecting a uh I was expecting a Kanye beat. I'm <laughs> keeping it classy. No, like Gold Digger would actually episode. work well with that, by the way. I, uh... I think it would. Yeah, it would. <laughs> I was, that's the beginning of Doomsday Machine. I was expecting Sulu to talk about L370 or something in the planet. <laughs> I, I actually grabbed that off of those Star Trek Continues. 
okay. Well, they'll they'll steal anything. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we got uh we got M Dog on the call. No, I guess Oop. not. We we, we had him. Uh, we, we had him. We had him. We have. He, he drifted off. Uh, there we go. He, he pushed the deal. But not anymore. No, I'm here. It's just like you keep cutting out. Ah. Uh, oh. Stop hitting the mute button. Yeah, come back from the Delta Quadrant. And it's next to the play button. <laughs> <laughs> With that, we got uh, we got our Mana, aka Shadow Scout. So the best way to keep warm this winter is tea. Earl Grey, hot. Hello, everybody. Okay. What? You forgot uh, the no. You forgot oh, the I, I, I'm missing the Fisher Price uh, phonograph, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Man has been on the show like a month and change, and already she's getting endorsements for uh, for companies and stuff. <laughs> she's endorsing companies. Um, we got JB on the call. I'm just doing the tweeting. Just doing the tweeting. <laughs> That's all I'm doing tonight. That's all you do every night. That's all you I do know. every night. <laughs> wow. She's like, I'm changing tonight. Don't you do it. They'll walk right in. <laughs> She's like, well, tonight I'm tweeting on a different device. Thank you. <laughs> you wait. We also have, uh, we also have El Camino. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not the freaking milkman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that hurt. <laughs> it hurt you or hurt him? <laughs> Perhaps. I thought El Camino was going to break out with some Klingon for a second. No, right? Yeah. I realized. I can still see, I can still see him speaking Klingon. I can, I can really can. <laughs> he was right. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's like, back, yeah, it's it's like the doctor from Back to the Future and the doctor from Star yeah, Trek. Like. That's, yeah, that's just racist to Klingons now. Oh, oh yeah, because we not, really care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've been racist to humans since the beginning. So. Racist to Klingon. I don't know. Although I, I remember that scene from Star Trek Six. It runs both ways when it comes to Klingons. Wow. <laughs> and and with that, we have Lord Dalek. You know, guys, I have some important announcement to make. Because we have Larry here today, our collective bacon number has gone up to four. <laughs> don't even want to know. Don't want to know. No, no, not tweeting it out. Uh, uh, that's in the fire yeah, now, or, or something. No. I don't know. Not tweeting it out. Ah, oh, nice. No. All right. We made it so, before. So our guest, Ryan Menenke, um from his blog, uh, from his site, take a fondness for NASA's pioneering right. Oh, my stuff. gosh. Run it through a science fiction and fandom filter with a big love of history, tossing some schooling, and careers in news, theater, and entertainment. And that starts to explain the Larry Menenkic story. Larry, welcome to the show. I want to get into it. What are you doing? What, what are you up to? What are you up to these days? What, what's Larry Menenkic doing these days? Uh, aside from assimilating the uh, GSB show tonight, wow! Yeah. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Uh, yeah, five times fast. Five times fast. 
well, I, I, it's, um, I'm just trying to stay ahead of what the heck's going on in the world because uh, the Trek world because it's, it's. I've been around it, I guess, for a while and been professionally in it part of that time, last 20 years. But a fan since I was a kid, and uh, between between the corporate world and entertainment and what the online and you know internet and all everything that gets invented every six months um what all that means for star trek is just kind of amazing and i i'm just trying to stay on top of it and also let everybody who's just who's just getting to the party um have a little perspective on what's gone on you know from the early days onward because i had a i was fortunate to have a front row seat on a lot i mean come out of fandom in the midwest into in oklahoma to come out to Mm -hmm. la and did the next generation companion book that a lot of people have come up and said oh this was i got this for christmas when i was in the eighth grade it's been my favorite book ever (laughs) and everything all the way up to you know the communicator magazine and the fact files and people know me from that from back then and nowadays people may know me i was dr mccoy twice on star trek continues and uh i did stellar cartography these cool map maps and guidebook a couple years ago and and i have my trekland blog and videos and a bunch of stuff with that and portal 47 is kind of the latest thing about trying to keep my um just share everything i've got here in the in my brain and in my office and the people i know that worked on track that haven't had a voice out there yet have people haven't heard from them because uh there's just so much crazy new stuff happening and but people i think people sometimes they think oh if they've been around a little bit they think oh well i've heard it all and i've read it all and there is so much out there um, that we need to get out there, and even even things like the magazines and books, and even podcasts and radio shows, and even that's just kind of a slow, you know, it's, you only get so much out. And I, and I know I've got a finger in a lot of that stuff, but but this is just kind of my way of saying, hey, there's a lot more going on, folks, and here's a here's a way to take a real deep dive into Star Trek in a hands-on way. So that's it's hard to describe, but hopefully that gets the no. idea. No, you described it perfectly. I, I relate to it because I originally created Geek Soul Brother to get some of the yeah. attention back into the old, not just Star Trek, but, but science fiction in general, the, the the stuff that the generations now missed. So I, I totally relate to what you're saying, that you want to, there's so much of Star Trek that, you know, people can easily miss, especially in the digital age. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally with that. He actually Without did just be, the old man about it. Yeah, he, he actually did <laughs> just because of the Orion slave women. Actually, that's the reason why. Uh huh. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The little it was. Can you dig it? <laughs> I mean, that's obvious. You know, that's how, hey. Look, I'm not a dead tribble. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there you go. Go, going green uh, yeah. has a different meaning for you, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. So, so Larry, let me let, let me go back to some of your beginnings of of what Star Trek. Like, how did you get into the fandom, and and then uh, kind of you, you know your backstory, and kind of how did what was the transformation of turning your own fandom and love of Star Trek into an actual business, an actual uh, uh, you, you know type of brand entity that you're running now. Well, I was a I, today. We everybody wears their geekdom and their nerddom on their sleeve, and it's not like I was a closet fan or anything. But it's just mm-hmm. you just didn't talk, or you use different. Words. I mean, we used to say fandom, you know, and everybody says geekdom and nerddom and all that. But right, I, mean, I was, right. A, I mean, I was a kid that I guess looking at it now. I mean, I had a million interests. I love history, but I, I like built models. I built rockets. I, I had model trains. I collected stamps. 
I, I mean, I did a ton of stuff, and my ninth grade science teacher is oh, – when I was a NASA kid, I was like big NASA geek now and had mm. like Apollo posters in my room, and my grade school teachers right. let me do bulletin boards on the – you know things for open house and stuff but my ninth grade science teacher that we were kidding around and i walked into the middle of a conversation and she basically said like what do you mean you don't know star trek and i'm like no i what are you talking about and she's like oh she's like oh don't tell me you don't know she's like go home right now and watch it after school and i basically uh -oh. i did yeah so i blame mrs pollard in the ninth grade for getting me into all this but um I, if if only i had a teacher that gave me homework to watch in star trek yeah, right. Well, it wasn't technically homework, but she kind of <laughs> <laughs> but, Look, Larry, but, I'm taking in his homework, and I'm I'm asking all the teachers out there to dish out some good homework like Star Trek watching. Well, you know what? There's a ton. I keep running into them, high school and college. There's a ton of mm. teachers out there that are using Star Trek to teach everything, and, and everything from, like, science to history and anthropology and ethics mm. and – all kinds of things, and there's some of them. Every once in a while, you'll see a news story, and some of them are online. And there's one guy, Anthony Rotolo, there, and you're into the country, that has an online free Star that's Trek class. That's going. Oh, that's going. Cool. Yeah, but um, nice. but so I go along and I try when when self publishing and and home computers came in, and I I love the I figured out real fast that I love background books. I love B. Joe's Concordance and the Tech Manual and the Blueprints <laughs> and. All that, you know, all that tech head stuff. That's and, like the, uh, the old one with, like, the wheel that would spin around. Yeah, except, you know, that was the second. I mean, she had, a like, a zine version, and that was the professional. Yeah. But, yeah, that, yeah. Is your wheel still? <laughs> How long did it take no. for your wheel to come off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alas, I never had the wheel. I had, like, the, one of the, like, the three lines going, like, those stars and stuff. It was, like, lame. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean... But back when that was like all you could get, but the, and the classic was the little paperback and making of Star Trek book, and I just like read that. That's all there was, and like the first issue of Starlog magazine came out, and but um, I, I just love that stuff. And then and but I knew there was a lot more to go, and I would like make up my own. I would fill the gaps and make up my own stuff, and I started writing to people. And I was just this idiot kid in Oklahoma, and and all this. But I just felt like I had to. I had to take on these projects, and I got in touch with people in New York who were working on some things that were then. And anyway, I made a few long-distance contacts, and I got burned. I was supposed to be in the original Star Trek maps, and didn't. And then right. I went to college and grad school. And then when Next Generation came out, I um and and was doing fandom and conventions and had friends and all that. But I had a real life. I had a life. Thank you very much. I was, right. You are. Yeah. yeah. I, worked, I worked at a newspaper. I had two degrees in theater. And when The Next Generation came out, desktop publishing and laser printers were like new. And I said, right. I'm going to do a B-Joe concordance type thing for this new show. And I figured out how to do it. And I started doing it. And within a couple of years, cut into the chase, uh, I'd made a contact accidentally at Paramount, who was sending my stuff to the writers on the show because, you know, pre-internet and pre-memory alpha and pre-my book and, and every other Star Trek background book now, back then there was nothing for the writers on the show to keep up with, and their little assistants were running around going crazy. So they were taking my thing and making copies of it for the show, and they were like, you should do this for real. And so that's where the companion came from. They'd already decided that Mike and Denise Akuta would do the new encyclopedia but they put me down to do like a making of book, except I had to do right. it in three months. <laughs> that's crazy. That, yeah. that, that's crazy on two levels. That one, 
they discover your stuff and they start using it and then they contact you and it's like, hey, you should, you know, do this for us and blah, blah, blah. And, and then they want you to rush. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was paid, but I knew that, and it was like the tech manual and that were the first two modern era, like, background books. And I knew that it would be on everybody's shelf for a million years, right? So it's like right. I felt this huge pressure because I knew how fans were. It's like, oh, my God, have a typo and everybody will talk about it for 30 years. Oh, yeah. You know, much less. <laughs> of course. So, yeah. So it was great. It wound up being six months. I mean, I learned so much stuff, though, being under the gun like that. I came out and tried to interview people, and I came at the wrong time, and I learned that you come at the end. And I also learned that there's no monolithic thing called Paramount, that there's production, and there's licensing, and there's home video, and there's right. publicity, right. you know, and all these different – and sometimes they don't all talk. They don't all bow down and go, oh, yes, you're an official author. I mean, but I had to go and meet people one-to-one, -one and I had to figure things out, and that – over the long haul, that, that worked really well for me because within a couple of years, I had A, got married. I was an instant dad, and we left Oklahoma and moved out here because I was doing more of those. And I was supposed to do the DS9 book, but that went away. But I had some mm -hmm. other things come along, and my wife got a temp job working on Voyager that was going longer. And before I knew it, I was going to come out and do a lot of stuff. And before I knew it, I was like just doing everything Star Trek, and I had too much. I had There was more than I could keep up with, so – for like 15 right. years it was crazy right right i mean that sounds like a that 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 sounds like an incredible journey that like i said you had this fandom and then it's it you concentrate on it so much that it it touched a lot of people especially you know creators of you know creators of tng yeah. and creators of other shows and, and you, you know you just kind of just because of your love that light kind of shone all the way up to the top. That's pretty incredible. I like that. Well, I mean, I, I look back that. now, and I think, yeah, I think I think it was just the fact that I was a fan, and I would read stuff and go, well, this is all really shallow, or they aren't asking the questions I want to I nice. ask, or I want I want a photo. Right. I want the picture of what's on this little okudogram over here on the door. I don't, you know, can I get that too? And I, somewhere between having a news writing, back, a news slash writing background, and being a fan, and knowing being an actor and a director and you know i had two degrees in that i didn't pursue it professionally but i have that in the blood and know mm -hmm. how they work so you know i felt like i had a i had a a big three there of you know that would get me so i could go in and not goob out but also ask the questions that people want to know so right right and, and you were also i mean obviously you were also relatable as you said you had a life and it wasn't like you were walking into Paramount. I, I'm assuming you were not walking into Paramount with a captain's uniform on trying to get an interview. That worked for and me. That might be wrong. Well, we know it works for you, Shadow Scout. Yeah, women can pull it off easy. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So no, I mean, it's, I, it's interesting. I walked in with enough paper towels to clean up any, you know, puddles. The first couple of times. Oh, right. Of course. <laughs> uh, that would, no. Well, that would get your no, job I, with Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. No, it was no, it was so anti. Before I had the book contract, the first time I went out, uh, Richard Arnold, who was Gene's assistant when Gene was still alive and he was still on the show, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, had they were using my books, and so as a thank you, it was like, well, if you're ever in L.A., come over to the sets, and we'll take you on a, a lot tour. Which was, you know, the, now I've done that for a million people since then. But at the time, my very first time on the lot, we did and went over. 
and I see the sign that says no cameras on the lot. And this is this is pre you know camera on every phone days, obviously. But I right. was so stupid and naive that I uh, you know I left my camera in my car. And so the one time I got to meet Gene, I didn't have a camera, and he just thanked me. And I had like five ten minutes, and it was incredible. Uh, and then later on, it was like oh duh. And then he you know he was you know died about a year later. Mm. And, oh uh, yeah. Yeah, about or a year, eighteen months like that. And now I know that no cameras in the lot means put your damn camera in your bag and take it out when you get in the office that you're going to or <laughs> that you're on the <laughs> just don't walk around right. the tourist with the camera hanging out. Of course that's all that's all still that, that sounds insane now when everybody's got a camera on their phone constantly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Maybe maybe the sign needs to be updated after uh, thirty years of <laughs> Yeah. I th- I don't think that's quite enforced anymore, so yeah. Uh, good, good. So, so you took all of these. You took your passion. You took your love of Star Trek. You took your uh, uh, theatrical knowledge and your, um, your 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 appreciation. Your career as newsman, and you, and you put all this together, and you started to develop. Oh, before I even say that, what what's the uh, is the book still available? Like, you can can you get the book on? Uh, uh, can you get any of the material on Amazon? Yeah. You can get uh, – the last one went out of print a couple years ago, but they're still used. And um, the black one is the one that has all the movies and all seven years of Next Generation uh, in mm. it. And the red edition has all seven years of the show and Generations the movie. That was when they were the, – the original blue one was just the far, first five years of the show. But um, – I had a friend find 10 brand new ones in storage in Florida of the red edition, which was through generations. And so I, I've brought a few of those out to uh, to conventions. But when I go to conventions and I have a table, aside from my newest stuff, I, I don't have any companions anymore. But I've, I was, I've got those this year. The, the thing I started having for conventions that I'd bring out at Vegas every year, the big Vegas track convention, is all those years of doing those books. And then I did the next gen. Um, right. Uh, and then I kept going because my wife worked there, and I'd already met everybody, and so many of the same people were working on Voyager or coming in for DS9. And then by that time, I was editing Communicator magazine and working on the Fact Files and was on the lot three days a week for either Fact Files or the original Star Trek.com. I was the first editor for that uh, mm. once a week. But between all that and everybody there, I was like, why well, stop just because you know, I didn't do the DS9 book or I didn't do the Voyager book, which was a real quickie, and no one ever did an Enterprise book. But I kept talking. I'd sit down at the end of the year and talk to everybody unless we had something that was for a specific magazine issue or something maybe. And I wound mm-hmm. up with oh, – I've got like over 500 hours of long sit-downs with not so much the actors but like the writers and producers and designers and the people that really decided what would be in the shows and – I've got all that, and I realized a few years ago I needed to start digitizing that off the old you know, cassette tapes. So I've right. got this thing now called Trekland on Speaker, which is I t- pick a theme, and it's like an hour and a half of audio that's remastered that I have. And so I've done four, and uh, so I have those at conventions now, and I talk about my documentary, The Connor Wrath, and that I'm working on that we're trying to wrap up, and two or three of my projects and now we launched portal 47 which is trying to be a whole new paradigm way of getting people deeper into their fandom and not just be the same old same old so right. that's, you know so that's some of the stuff going and then you know like i i am associated with star trek continues and i'm associated with this very cool nonprofit called enterprise in space 
that's going to put 100 plus student projects from around the world from kindergarten through postgrad uh, and three or four tech demos into orbit in about five years with a lot of wow. oh, that's funding. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard something the, about that. Yeah, yeah it's fine. It got sponsored by the National Space Society, which is one of the two, of the two big uh, national space, you know, like, hey, hell, we need to get into the future and mm. get into space, people. Kind of civilian yeah. grassroots groups. Well, and that's well, going to happen. I'm not, so. going, I'm not going to tell you about my rant that I had last <laughs> week. That was, oh, that was totally, totally against travel at the moment. Yeah, last, yeah. last episode, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I'm not, not going to tell you about that, but I, I am glad. I do want to hear about young people getting inspired about um, about developing their minds and developing thoughts about faith and stuff like that. I just don't want to look like... I don't want to go into space until we have warp engines. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, working, they're working on that, you know? That, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like you know what? Stop, sh- stop shooting the metal tubes with the fire coming out the back. Stop shooting that into space. Let's work on the warp engines. Let's get our stuff right. Meanwhile, maybe we can clean an ocean or two or cut you need to you, you need to understand you need to understand that Geek Soul Brother is speaking from a place of heartache and disappointment because the Star Wars era never happened and it is two thousand fifteen yeah. and the Back to the Future era hasn't happened. He either. still so doesn't he, wait, wait, he, wait, he still wait, doesn't wait. have his flying cars. <laughs> Hey, no. at least guys, the Cubs might make it into the World Series. Come on, that's man. true. That's say. very true. <laughs> One step at a time. And, One... and, and you know what? Since I'm not a sports fan, that doesn't count at all. Oh. <laughs> Larry, can you name your uh, charity again, please? Oh, uh, well, it's it's a nonprofit. It's it's not so much a charity, but uh, uh, it's enterpriseinspace.org. And one of the there's two or three bylines to it taglines. One of them is it's it'll be the first real enterprise in space because the Enterprise shuttle, you know, was a was a test ship. But it was started right. by a fan in Oregon who said it's too bad there never was a real enterprise in space yet. And he was kind of a persistent guy who was a who was a, not a professional space person um, at all, but kept <laughs> kept clawing along until he had people from NASA retired from NASA, uh, superstar educators. Uh, project managers that have done billion-dollar projects, and now there's a team that's been working the last three or four years. They got a hold of me a little over a year ago um, to be kind of a spokesman, but they're working on putting this eight-foot orbiter. We had a design contest for it. It's called the NSS Enterprise, and uh, mm. it's, it's going to have – there's going to be a worldwide education outreach submission thing, not just science. It's going to be – and not, not just STEM, but STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts – and math, Yay. yeah, <laughs> big ups. And to Yay. as many countries as it can, and it's already attra- it's we've attracted some partners, um, and one of them is a group called Value Spring that has a had already had a project called Enterprise Mind, but it's a it's a it's like not Siri, not even HAL nine thousand, but it's like this like talking, <laughs> thinking, learning computer that will be an interface. Uh, and and the part this will be a test demonstration for, but one of the goals is to have. If you could make this thing and, and have like every child in the world have their own personal tutor in the palm of their hand, no matter where they were, you know, in the desert, in the jungle, in the steppes, wherever they were, whatever their country was like, and just imagine what it could do for kids in education and getting into the future and leveling the playing field. And so that's a group that wanted to come and be and test it as the interface on the orbiter between the students and their projects. 
and uh, the as long as it so. as long as it doesn't turn into Skynet, I'm all That's for what, it. Yeah. Shall we yeah. play a game? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how about the nuclear warfare? warfare? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, oh, no, 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 no uh, There's there's three laws of robotics, so they're gonna, they're gonna like stick to those. But um, <laughs> but that's kind of exciting thing, and they're gonna like test bed. It'll re-enter, and here's the, oh, here's the cool thing. So anybody who is a virtual crew person and puts their and there's not there's there's Crowdfund, but it's not like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, because those are like 30-day, you know, 60-day whatevers. Uh, it's We're going to have some higher-end things coming later, but right now it's just a put in $20. There, the thing was like if 2 million people give $20 around the world, we'll be there, although a lot of that's going right. to be corporate funding too. But for your $20, you get a certificate that says you're in the virtual crew of the first enterprise in space, and your name goes on a chip. That will fly, and when it does re-enter and brings everybody's projects back, the chip comes back, and the orbiter is going to go on tour at conventions and science museums, and then take up residence uh, at a at a permanent place. And the Smithsonian Air and Space is interested in that. We started talking to them, um, and uh, you can come and see your name on the chip and know that you did actually virtually fly on the first Enterprise. Mont twenty is in, or or it could be future. Or it could be Vidra at that on Vidra. Oh, that'd be Vidra. Well, if this Vidra seeks the creator, yeah. I think we'll be. I think we'll still be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Coming right back yeah. to her. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind um, of an inspiring little thing that came again came out of fan, and not just honoring Star Trek, but honoring everything that's cool about futurist. Not the, not uh, you know your your post-apocalyptic sci-fi but although that's good storytelling but everything that ever inspired people you know real the real space heroes of nasa and yeah. uh, the astronauts and when you drop everything and run and watch watch a rocket launch and everybody would get excited and uh you know to to all your science your star trek and all your other science fiction heroes and asimov and heinlein and anybody else that tried to say hey look we'll eventually it'll be like any other frontier we'll eventually be living there let's get on with it Kind of right. Let's get yes. uh, Let's move on. And it's yeah. uh, you, you know what you, you know what's interesting. Uh, I I don't know if it speaks to our society. It probably speaks just to our film, uh, uh, our our particular appreciation of different stories. But so much future films and stories that we have are very dystopian, apocalyptic, blah blah blah. But Star Trek um, uh, is one of the few that paints a brighter future and it's not to say that it was perfect because you know as, as 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 you obviously know you know in your knowledge of it it it, it they had world wars and it, they, they stated in star trek how they got through all of their apocalypse and that this is now where human beings have learned to live together and stuff like that yeah and it, well... it, it's just interesting that Star Trek's one of the few sci-fi stories that just paint a, 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 a better picture, a picture of hope. Well, yeah. I mean, it all started off because, you know, it all started because Gene got pissed because he was doing a show called Lieutenant about uh, the legal system in the Marine Corps and a lawyer on a, on a base. And he got <laughs> one of his sh- one of his shows got censored because he wanted to talk about real world. You know, he, it was drama. He wasn't going to be, a, you know, a, a preacher. But he wanted to, he wanted to tell good stories, but he wanted to have adult themes behind it, and it was TV in the '60s, and they wouldn't let him talk about, right. you know, injustice and poverty and war and race and everything else he wanted to talk about. 
and uh, and uh, so he was like, well, if they're going to censor me on this, what can I, you know? And the westerns are going out. What can I do? And he's oh, sci-fi. They won't they won't take it seriously. And so you know, if we have purple people and and polka dotted you know spaceships and whatever, they, you know, and and that's where it's all not this really is. about war and racism. It's just about uh, green and purple people fighting each other. Yeah, they're not right, even right. they're not even from this planet. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and the green people are more loving than fighting. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I heard Rod Serling had the same um, experience, yeah. and that's why he went into Twilight Zone and stuff like that. And now um, we've got a lot freer, you know, we've got the, I mean, the media landscape is so different now. That's kind of what's kind of crazy is you can do stuff on the premium channels. You can do stuff on, you know, like Netflix and the streaming guy. I mean, it's just exploded the last few years that we don't even, you know, right. don't even think about things the same way as far as getting stuff out. So that's good. Right. So then it's like, so we're coming up on the 50th and it's like, well, why the hell don't we have a series again? So that's, you know, that's Yeah, I, I, I would like to. I would that's like a whole to, other I, show. I'm sure a lot of fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a whole yeah, other yeah. show. So, listen, like I want, I want you to speak just a little bit more about a uh, uh, Portal Forty Seven and and how you came to develop that, and and what is it like in all it entails? What 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 is it to the fans? Yeah, well, it basically came around because I said I was I was getting kind of frustrated that the years are going by and you can only write so much in in the magazines and. And books, and there can only be so many. You know, you can only talk on a, on a radio on an interview show so often. And yeah. I just, I just had it. Like I said, the tapes are here, but just the people that I knew that worked, the, you know, not just well, yeah, the actors, but and even the producers and writers and designers, but even like um, the stand-ins and the stunt people and the crew people that aren't ever going to be, that rarely if ever get interviewed, and they're sure not going to be a guest at a convention that you can hear. And you kind of had to know to know to know them. You have to kind of have the have to the crew sheets here to have their names and stuff. And it, and anyway, it's just a whole bundle of things. And I said someday I'm going to find a way to find what my you know. And part of it was me. It was like I've got all this stuff and I want to share it. And the world is just moving too slow here. With even right. as things are getting more digital. So finally, the last couple of years, I was working with an entrepreneur coach. And I was like, okay, and and I I I feel like I've I've given a whole lot out, and I kind of need to still put food on the table here in the modern yeah, world. It would, be, it would be good to give something of value that'll help me out, but also you know be something reasonable for people. So the first phase of that is what I call Portal Forty Seven, and you guys know the story of the Forty Seven in Star Trek, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yes. <laughs> some more than others, apparently. For some of the listeners, and let me not pretend like I know it, but for some <laughs> of the listeners out there, why don't you why, why don't you just spell it out for us? Well, basically, and this didn't technically start with Star Trek. It started at Pomona College here in the in the Inland Empire area, inner LA. But uh, forty seven, according to a summer math professor who just made this up one day at a class in a summer class on statistics. 47 is the most common random number in the universe. <laughs> 40. I think I did I think 40. I did hear about that in the past. Let that yeah, you, know, you can look it up. You can you can look it up, but it's a page at the Pomona College website. But basically what happened was um uh, one of the right Joe Minoski, Yeah, I just made it up. Yeah. But isn't it great? <laughs> <laughs> no, Joe Minoski was a, was a student there who brought that, thought it was really funny, and started putting 47s into what he wrote, and he got a job on Next Generation writing, 
and he started getting 47s in the scripts. He infected everybody else. Everybody was doing that. The <laughs> Mike Akuda and the arts guys are putting 47s and 74s and just you start you go back and now you can look on you can look in memory alpha and there's lists of people are like adding to the list and and even the the jj guys in in the 09 and in in the darkness movies have 47s in the script so it's become kind of like an in joke thing but that's the technical definition and somebody said well what about 42 you know like from hitchhiker's guide and (laughs) rick berman one time said well 47 is 42 adjusted for inflation that's the 47 <laughs> part yeah but the portal the portal is meant to be like a gateway into a whole new i mean i kicked around words like vortex and gateway and things but i just thought portal sounded cooler and under control and you know not yeah. hazardous and and all that so that's kind of a gateway so it basically it's like several pieces it's a, it's a monthly subscription thing you sign up for a year but basically uh every month Kind of the highlights are a call with uh, a call with me, and I say a call. It's using a lot of new tools that people aren't used to thinking about in fandom, and one of them is uh, teleconferencing. And I'm going to be adding video to it pretty soon. But basically, it's everybody is on a call, and it's able. I'm able to have 20, 50, 100 people on, and still give you know have it be kind of personal. People, um, we have discussion topics, or people ask her if they want to, and one call a month, or one I call them telebriefings. One is with me, and then one is with a guest, and both times at the end you get a recording of that to keep, so you've got that, and oh, the guests you get to ask mm. questions in advance as long as we've got a ton of people, and then if we have time, we, we open up and have people do one-to-ones. I also ha- am like doing out an archival document or an image or an audio file from my archives like once a month. And I'm going to be starting one-day tours to have a live thing. A, if I'm at a convention like Trek Vegas or Comic-Con or anything else, if there's any Portal 47ers in the area at that con, we'll have a meetup on me. That'll be part of their 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 uh, their program. And then if they're mm-hmm. ever in L.A., I'm going to put together like a day tour. Because I work with – another thing I do is Geek Nation Tours, who has a lot of niche tours that are historical and military and genre, geeky, fanish, and – we do a we do a, a a Star Trek film sites tour in L.A. up to Vegas, and next year we're mm-hmm. going to add one for San Francisco. But I'm going to offer a day tour where, like, here's a menu of items, pick out four or five, um, so like five hundred a day, and then if you're a member, it's like a half price thing. But the basic thing is for the cost of I say for the cost of for twenty five bucks a month for the cost of like a, a two movie tickets a month, uh, we're getting. Yeah, a deep dive into parts of Star Trek you never knew existed, whole new, That's whole new voices, a whole new way. You know, it's a, it's a whole different de- a de- a backstage pass, and it's mm-hmm. like a mini con all year long for wherever you are. And for people that are like remote and can't even get to a convention, yeah, um, you know, if they've got a, if they've got a online, if they've got a, you know, Wi-Fi, if they, if they can get online, they're in that connection, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so when I do the audio file or document or file, then that's kind of a starting point for. The roundtable Ask Doctor Trek session with me, but it's also people people want to bring up what's going on in the world and news and talk and so it's not it's more than a podcast and it's more than going to a convention and you know because I talk right. at conventions and I have my table and those are those are great but you're all everything else is kind of already its own format and I was just trying to find a new way to get stuff and get stuff to people that didn't live close to me and get people around. Yeah. In fact, if I can get enough bodies in. I'll start doing afternoons, which will be evening for all the Brits and Germans, because I've I've got fan I've 
written in the British Star Trek magazine since the 90s, and we've been to a ton of conventions in Germany, and there's tons of tons of you know European fans and Aussie fans and Asian fans, and if I can offer that at other time zones, you know I'll do that too. So there's about ten pieces to the whole package a month at all. I mean all together, and it's at portal47.net, and um, um, you know if people want to yell at me and get a you know. Uh, we can do all my contact stuff and website and all that stuff in a little bit. But if people yeah. want to write yeah. me, Larry at LarryNibichek dot com and ask me more about it, I'll I'll tell them. Because there's the thing; it's not for everybody. Um, but if you're like really love the background, or if you've been around fandom long enough, where uh, it's starting to feel the same old, same old, and you want some new insights and some new voices, then um, new ways of looking at things or stuff that you don't, that you're starting to wonder what all you don't even know that you don't know about right. Trek. Then, then Portal 47 is your gateway. Hey, how's that? That was pretty that good. Yeah, that was good. Oh, oh, that was already Look at that. You've been that doing this for a while. My, my marketing <laughs> fan fiends would be so proud of it. <laughs> no, that, that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. I know that I know there are a lot of Trek fans that would definitely be interested in that. So. But I, I want to I want to pick your brain on a, a philosophical. Uh, more of a philosophical direction about Star Trek, Uh-oh. about the old oh. versus new. No, nah, just to, to, because uh. you're because you're so entrenched in it, you have get the, a... fight, get the fight music going. <laughs> I, I, I can get it like right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, we're good. We're good. So yeah, what yeah. I wanted to so what I wanted to know um, with the advent of the new Star Trek. Right, yeah. and and you yourself were lucky enough, and there was something inside of you that attracted you to the old ones. Because when, when did you discover the old series? Like in the seventies or eighties? Yeah, I was a rerun baby. So, like I said, my yeah, my in the in the seventies. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, me too. That that's about that's about my time too. I was sitting there. Mom, mom had dinner on the stove, and I would turn on Star Trek about. I think it was about six o'clock in the evening, you know, after doing homework and stuff, and just enjoyed yeah. Kirk and Spock and all the all the craziness that happened. But so, so you got these you got these new generations, and you got the new movies that are coming out. Do you think? Um, how do you think the old older series are going to affect the newer generations in the future? Because obviously, some people are going to go back and look. But do you think that they'll oh, yeah. become too nostalgic, or do you think that they'll have that relevance, that that, that sort of eternal relevance that they, they've had for the earlier generation? Well, that's... Oh, yeah. Well, here's one thing. I mean, one thing that did help was when they went and remastered, although I, I don't want it to be all, you know, like Soviet encyclopedia, and I'm glad they kept the old effects, you know, at the same time right. they were remastering. Yeah. But no, there's tons of people. That's what I love about conventions and talking to everybody live and coming by the table and everything is. And I try to take a poll every time I do a panel at a convention about this. But um, there's tons of people. Well, here I'll say this: I I didn't agree with the choices they made, but I understand why they did with the movies because they they did this whole alternate universe. So technically, out there, the prime universe is still going along. Hmm. Sure. But they were. I think one of the best things is what they were cast really well. And the other thing right. is, is uh, I, I say this: I think the JJ movies are the best gateway drug that Star Trek ever had. 
Because there are tons of people, especially young people, who come in. They come in for the glitz and they stay for the meat. They find the old shows or they go, what is, now what's this Kirkus Fox? And maybe they go to the original series or maybe they go, well, that's too old, but I'll look at some of the newer stuff. But whatever right. happens, there are tons of people who are going from the JJ movies, the alternate universe movies, modern ones, and they are finding all those. And what's helping is, A, uh, all, the, all the remastered original series and next gen that they put all this time and money and promotion into, and a lot of people, whether it was through JJ or just on their own, are finding those. And then everything, all the shows are all in Enterprise, but it was digital already. Yeah. And then right. – um, and then everybody right. can find the Netflix. Everything is on Netflix, and yep, you can sit absolutely. down and binge watch, and now that's what we do now. So the world has yeah. turned to where people don't curse DS9 for being so serialized. They love it for being serialized and, and right. sitting there. So all that nope. stuff – There's you know, DS9 has more fans now than it did when it was on the air easily. Right, that, mm. You can find that yeah. out any convention. But yeah, all I that see, stuff is adding on, up to that. Yeah, I, I see it on Netflix um, – you know, like you see DS9 trending mm-hmm. a lot, you yeah. know, among yeah. among some other things. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. You yeah, know, it's, among, it's, among some of the newer... It becomes, you know, it becomes shopping. Yeah, it becomes shocking when someone starts talking about DS9 when you didn't even think that you knew about it. I'm like, what? what? Well, <laughs> yeah. then, 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 <laughs> and then Doug... Yeah, yeah. And Doug Drexler had a great line about Enterprise. He said, uh, which is getting revisionist looks too, and he said... Um, Hey, there's a whole new generation of Enterprise fran- fans that don't know they're supposed to hate the show. <laughs> oh, great, <laughs> great, wow. great. So well, no, well, every, so, it's not Voyager. What? I, I, I still have to that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What you say, Dalit? Wait, wait till they see Voyager. <laughs> yeah, wait till they see Voyager. No, I kind of relate this. I kind of relate the new movies to the Marvel. And the DC movies that I was hoping it's starting to happen a little bit, but I was hoping that the movies would reinvigorate interest in comics. Uh-huh. Uh, it hasn't quite done it yet, but there is a little there's a little surge, a little upsurge with the comics right now. Not not too much, but they're starting to gain a little bit more of attention than they had years ago and i was wondering if star trek was um you know if the new movies were influencing the the uh interest in old the old series and so forth and the old movies and stuff yeah of course what you're talking about there well they sure have you know inflamed the numbers at comic-con all the comic-cons starting with san diego but kind of what you're talking about there is people going from visual back to comic books on paper versus in trek they're just going they're going visual to visual because uh, God, if I, right. I think, there's times I wonder, I don't want to get deep, and I this has just been hitting me the last you know few months. It's almost like are we permanently rewiring our brains where we'll never be able to like read a book of of 400 pages again? You know, it's like That's does it have what, to be all? Yeah. You know, think, is that why everybody does holodecks and Star Trek? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think we're about getting yeah. there. Unless they do something weird with the the the, the books, the text itself on the books, yeah, like osmosis, <laughs> like big time, <laughs> like something. Well, well, what's good about comics is that they've also moved to a digital format, and Toby Wan has noticed that a lot of. Uh, 
a lot of people are reading comics on their tablets, especially especially he's he's been seeing a lot of women uh, who already were reading comics, but he's been seeing a lot of women with their tablets with comics, you know, just just going through and stuff. And and you know, the genre definitely has a fifty percent, fifty one percent female audience, something like that. So. Um, yeah, I, I kind of hard. It's not a perfect analogy, but it is getting, um, it's, a, it's definitely moving into a digital age and it might be affecting it. But I, I'm glad to hear that people, especially young people, are kind of getting back into the old Star Trek and stuff. You know, with this, hey, look, Styrofoam rocks or not, they were some good stories. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, it's, it's like, it's like, are you going to, uh, yeah, you got to look past. I mean, well, yeah, even the '90s, in the '80s. Well, here's what's happened. Like, Star Trek is always going to be about pendulum swings, just like everything. I mean, really, politics yeah. and art and culture and pop culture and everything. But Star right. Trek, you know, guys, when Next Gen was at its height, nobody because Next Gen starts off and about a you know what a tenth or an eighth of the old original fandom were like, I don't care. It's not Kirk Spot McCoy. Don't call it Star Trek. I don't care if Gene did it. I'm not going to watch. <laughs> that was me. So that, so that was you. <laughs> You I'm sorry now. I'm sorry now. But but then next gen blows the numbers away anyway, and it gets bigger in no, purely in numbers. I'm not talking about sentiment. Purely yeah. in numbers, it's bigger than the original series ever was, and still is. So right. what happens? Then it runs its thing. Then they have two spinoffs. They have them on at the same time. The audience splits. Some people are Niners. Some people are Voyager people. Oh, I've got to have a, sh- a, a ship that goes planet to planet. Oh, DS9 doesn't go anywhere. Oh, Voyager's all happy-dappy people. I love the recurring right. characters in DS9. Right. It's dark and gritty. You know, and it's not even 9-11 yet, and it's dark and gritty. And, and someday Ron is going to run off and restart Battlestar Galactic and steal half the ideas from this show if people think it's all original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. That was love. I said that was love, Ron. I love you. But, um, and he knows that. But, and then, then you have the fans that go, I've been watching that DS9. Do you know that was done before 9-11 and before Battlestar? It's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the names on it. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's so the changelings were the Cylons, but yes. but, <laughs> but then when you got to that point where people see, it's like the pendulum swung and people are like going, "Oh, next generation! It's so 80s. They have a therapist on the bridge and the carpet goes <laughs> to the walls and they have fa- it's so feel good 80s. You know, Picard's gonna have a staff meeting for everything. And then there's so they had like. Retro cool. Kirk is cool. The black phasers and communicators are cool looking. It's all sixties. It's all retro cool. And that was the big buzzword. Right. And that's the that's the and then oh it's all tired. Look, we need to let Star Trek rest. Thank you, Rick Berman, for saying franchise fatigue when it was really producer fatigue. But that was right. the mindset where the JJ movies came from. It's like we have to go back to the beginning and start over and that's how we'll rebuild the audience. It's like the audience never needed to be rebuilt. Yeah. It's just that the people doing it needed to be switched out or changed or whatever. Yeah. True. Oh, yeah. So the pendulum yeah. swings. So there for a while, next gen. I mean, the original series was oh those plywood sets, oh those Christmas light, oh the foam rocks, you know. And then oh it was cool. Then it was cool. And now you know where are we now? Now everybody's just hungry for something. Damn it. You know? No more lens yeah. flares. No more yeah. lens flares. Yeah, yeah. 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 no yeah. lens flares. That's all. Yeah. That's all we do. No. No, and, and and you know what? For you listeners out there. I don't want to hear it. If you talk about some styrofoam rocks and you look at Doctor Who with all them cheap behind effects and that plastic Daleks and all that crap, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not the real Lord dialects. Nah, nah, oh. I want to hear it. Yeah. Do, do, um, let me go around if if you guys, if anybody has any questions for Larry, I don't want to. Yeah, no, I got I one. I got one. Uh, Larry, what do you think about the, these the, these web episodes like Star Trek: New Voyages and and the other stuff that are fan made? And basically, like Paramount started looking at it, like, well, we're we're okay with it. You're acting, Larry. Yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> no, I, I just want his 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 thoughts in terms of the, the you know this this well, sort of the well, fan base movement in terms of these episodes. Toby one, who else is he supposed to ask? He's <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, what did you what did you mean by that? Like, well, no, I mean, like for instance, there's like an art is it was kind of kismet that you are on the show tonight, and New York Times writes an article on on the 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 webisodes of Star Trek: New Voyages, and course, how it's yeah. being filmed in Ticonderoga and all this stuff. So, I was just what yeah, your, your take on that kind of that kind of revival that people are taking it within their own hands and doing their own episodes their that go along the old the, the original series. Yeah, well, I mean, the fan. There's always, there's actually been, occasionally, a fan film where somebody really ambitious would do stuff on film. Uh, mm. There was, uh, but not like, not like now, because mm. it's like everything else. You can do a movie. You can do a movie on your laptop. You can do CGI on your laptop. Everything is so digital and decentralized, and it's blown up publishing. It's blown up movie making. You know, and entertainment, and people are doing hit shows on their YouTube channel and hoping they get picked up. You know, somewhere else, and it's just a crazy world like that. But, but um, exit as far as like the current boom, like Star Wars, like Troops in the late '90s. Some of those fan film things happened. Oh God! And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Troops and then, great. And then Exeter, yeah, Starship Exeter was the first one because nobody wanted to do Kirk's ball. And then James and the and the start the Phase Two New Voyages people. Originally, they were called Five Year Mission. A few people, but they were doing those. And they were huge, but that's been like 01, 02, 2001, 2002, 2003. That's when they started that. And real and people from the shows who thought it was very cool were involved and having to like hide it because they thought they'd get in trouble. And they almost yeah. kind of did, but really early on it brought it to a head. And basically the ratings for Enterprise were already like declining, and it was not – everything was so far from the TNG you know, high levels. High levels. That they didn't want to shoot it down and have the bad PR, but they had to protect the franchise. So they basically said, guys, don't make money. Don't piss off fans. You know, try not to do porn or anything. And we're going to look the other way. Wait, 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 wait. You know, don't bastardize. I know, I know. But it's like, don't bastardize. I know. I'm talking originally. but And also, also the internet world was – there was a time when, when we did Communicator – we wanted to mention, you know, like Patrick was in the X-Men. You know, he was Professor right. X. And we couldn't do, oh, that's a Warner's movie. And this is I'm like, really, guys? Really? Or, you know, something like that. And within just three or four or five years, that from the late 90s to the early aughts, that changed. Because the internet mm. became what it is. It's now it's instead of everybody old world where you're all sitting in your ivory towers. Now the internet is all about, <laughs> well, I'll promote my thing. You promote your thing. You do your story, and I'll incestuously link to it. And... You incestuously link to my story, and we'll all, you know, we'll all co-share and all this stuff. So, yeah, you know, entwine but, the, but the fan, th- I was on the the pilot of New. Vo- I was a guest cameo in the hmm. pilot of New Voyages. Their their thing now they try not, they try to hide that looks like a fan film, but 
Um, and then I was in a short, uh, one of the little vignettes they did, the Klingon one. It was a Tellarite in one of those. And then Star Trek continues is is like set the bar. There's a whole bunch. It's almost like a month goes by and there's not somebody announcing a new fan series of some kind or other. Yeah. Then they right. did the you know, the movies, quote unquote, of Gods and Men, and then Renegades, and now Axanar. So CBS Paramount slash CBS now mm. has been on that same party line for you know like they said okay just don't overtly make money you know because they see it as a great way to especially a lot of the people know that it's kind of a fallow time first enterprise was on the air with declining ratings and then no tv show and now a movie every three or four years and this is why people stay excited but the bottom line is that you know when this when original series went off the air in 69 and the people it's like interrupt you know coitus interruptus it's people like no no don't take it away from me <laughs> and what did they do they started doing fanfic right mm. that's what the, yeah, you right. do. So everybody and you know and that's when you know women saved fandom more than the guys even did because they were all about spock and vulcans and writing spock stories and that's where fanzine and fan fiction you know blew up and took off and was the first that and conventions were the first two big things of fandom and then Star Trek right. wrote the book and made the template for all media fandom after that. How it would even exist. And so yeah. what you fast forward 30 years, you, you're in a time when they're taking Star Trek away from you that you're used to. So yeah. people's, you know, there are so many people now that can jump in and do that. The fan films are basically the fanzines of the 70s updated to, you know, the aughts and the right. teens now. I, I just can't see. I just can't see how a company can't realize the free advertising marketing potential as long as like you say as long as they set the set the uh you, you know set the 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 um not the bar but the limitations to say don't just don't show this don't show that you guys do some creating and stuff and you know i, I just can't see how the yeah. company don't see it as a, well, as a positive thing yeah, and now that we've gotten the era of these big Kickstarter campaigns and people raising money, and like it's a fine line between am I selling this mug with our logo right. on it, or am I giving this mug away as a perk for your donation to our thing that can't help to but make you know not make money? Yeah. So that's right. you know, like there's right. you have to watch those things, but the biggest as much a thing of guarding their because here's the thing, it may have nothing to do. There may be something else down the line in ten years. And somebody else does something that's a legit ripoff of something that Paramount or CBS yeah. has, right. and they take them to court over it. And they go, uh, well, I don't know why you're so upset about this. Look at your other franchise property over here, Star Trek, and you're letting these people do all this over here for 20 years. You've effectively given up your right to police your – you know, da-da-da-da-da-da, and a judge would go, hmm, got a point there. And that's what their attorneys – because the attorneys are always the old, scared, cautious, grumpy yeah. middle lawn thing. you know. Of yeah, and yeah. that's their that's what their ultimate fear is. So, that's the ultimate thing. But the other thing, though, it's in the here and now. Is the the other thing they don't want is for somebody either on purpose as a crook, which hopefully will never happen, but also just out of misguidedness or you know, op- just like the people that put on a convention. Speaking of the Connor Wrath, the people who put on a convention <laughs> in all earnestness, and then it doesn't. They don't make the you know as a business it, it fails. And they don't have the heart to tell everybody to go home, and they go ahead and have it, and then people walk away not being paid or ripped off or the thing shuts down. You know, those kind of horror stories. They don't yeah. want that kind of a thing to That's happen. The fan film where they've taken, you know, 50 or 100,000 or 200,000 or half a million, somebody's raised a ton of money from fans, and then it all collapses and disappears, and people are like going, you know, CBS, you should have policed this. 
got a whole ton of pissed off fans and bad PR and people. You yeah. Know, How did you allow this to happen? And lawyers getting fired and, you know. <laughs> the lawyers? That's, right. that's the other horror story as much as like. I can, I can oh. see it now. Yeah. When you explain it like that, it definitely can be a convoluted yeah. uh yeah. Uh, so that's so that's all the fan film groups that I know of are all like really. It was one group that tried to get started, and people were like going, "Ooh, this is this is icky." But most of the time, every in fact, there's if anything, it's everybody being zealously going, "Don't screw this up!" Oh, did you? What are you guys doing? <laughs> Don't screw this up! You know, yeah, there's a little bit of that going on, but most of the time, it's, right? But it's like it's a spiral going upward, which people are thrilled about. Yeah. Fans yeah. feel like they're not getting served their Star Trek, damn it. Are getting this yeah. stuff, <laughs> you know. I'm serious, but but is there a point where it's going to spiral too high? You know, so Larry, would would you want to see just just a kind of off a little tangent? Would you want to see a new Star Trek series that has nothing to do with Starfleet, or would you want to see another Starfleet, you know, based uh, series? Wow, I don't. I think if it was a traditional like like 20 shows a year or even 15 shows a year, I would, because um, that's the other, that's one of the other questions everybody loves to sit around and debate about, right? Like, oh, well, you mean like, do you want to have an all Klingon show, the Klingon, you know, Game of Thrones kind of a show where it's all the houses competing or something? <laughs> well, that'd, that'd, be, be, that'd be interesting, yeah. but I was just that'd talking awesome. like, I was just talking like a story where you had like an independent freighter that, Delivered stuff to different planets, and they had like well, different yeah. situations. And There's stuff that, like and they that. interrupt. Or, but see, the genius thing of Next Generation was those people that did leave because it wasn't Kirk, Spot, McCoy. But what it did do in the long run was it bounced it forward, what, 80 years, and all of a sudden Star Trek wasn't this little place, like it wasn't a little two dimensional show because it was this specific time and place, but now right. it's oh my god, there's 80 years, and now they, they kept giving you hints about what happened in between. And then right. you realize, my God, we've got this whole, you know, like Star Trek, the original series was like just one corner of the sandbox. And now we've right. got this sandbox. And now JJ is saying, well, but there's a sandbox level up here, and, and here's the Mirror Universe sandbox. Yeah. And there's, yeah. Yeah. there's yesterday's Enterprise sandbox here, and here's yeah. the Borg took over sandbox. <laughs> he, definitely, here. he definitely you know? did the comic book switch on that one. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> What's annoying is Star Trek had the cinematic universe thing going in the 90s before they had the fancy buzzword for it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. You know? Pretty much. <laughs> Yo, can I like, just... so, so I have a question. This is this is a nomenclature thing, right? As we all know, words matter. And so Trekker versus Trekkie. Okay, oh, I prefer to be. Oh, <laughs> I prefer Trekker. Let her grow up. Look at me like I'm crazy. Starting now. <laughs> but what's the difference? Is there a difference, Larry? Is there a difference, Trekker well, and Trekkie? It's so funny because it's kind of blur. Originally, Trekkie was the word that was used for like the original TV guide story about a start about the first Star Trek convention. They used Trekkie. I think even Gene used it. And then after a while, when it was all the you know, I know this is hard for you guys. Well, no. This bunch I know knows, but some of the younger kids in the audience, when Big Bang Theory was not the number one show on TV, um, right. you know, and your local news would come out the convention to get the goobriest looking person in the worst outfit and do it at five o'clock on Sunday when it wouldn't help your convention. <laughs> no coffee. Wow. You know, but I mean, when that was the way the outside mundane world looked at you, people would say, I'm not, they would, that was what got tagged as a Trekkie. And so the Trekker 
would be, no, I do not scream and yell and try to yank, you know, wear pointy ears and try to scream and yell and <laughs> knock William Shatner down for his autograph or, you know, I don't push the table back on Leonard Nimoy to convince, you know, and that's where Trekker versus Trekkie came. And over the years now, it's gotten so blurred because some of that's changed. I have just said Trek fan as a one word thing for about okay. eight years. Ah. So it's kind of like, you know, whatever floats your boat, go with it. But that's, you know, that's where it came. And a lot of people, but it's been so long now that a lot of people have no clue that Trekkie, and some people never cared. Some people were like, I don't care. I'm, I love Trekkie. And I've called myself yeah. that for 47 years, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I never, I don't even know what I did the there. I don't even know where Trekker came from. I, I thought it was always Trekkie. Well, wasn't it? Uh, that was like an was 80s it? thing. That was like an 80s yeah, pushback. Yeah. I'm a serious Trek fan. I don't, I'm not a screaming, Mimi weemy, have to dress up in my costume 27. <laughs> you know, I'm, I just sit here and I enjoy the show. So now I use, I use terms like closet fan, armchair fan, <laughs> Trek, you know. Yeah. Well, like they, they did that. I think where I sort of came into light was during the, the, the documentary Trekkies. I think that's where, like, they made, like, a big prevalent thing about that statement. Like, what's, what's the actual thing, Trekkies or Trekkers? So, yeah, I, 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 well, what, when did that come out? Because it was about the time uh, that people I, started. Huh? 1999. 99 yeah 99, i think in yeah. the mid 90s yeah. i think in the mid to late 90s is where people were like eh, i'm not trying because it's just like larry said they didn't see themselves as wearing the uniforms or being yeah. you, you know socially uh awkward or something like that they just loved star trek so they were like nah i'm a tracker you know that blah, was blah, guys blah. that was going in the 80s i wrote an essay on yeah. this in college english in the 80s so yeah <laughs> so, there you go yeah i so, think it's like the res- same thing as I think it's the same thing as when you say geek and nerd now. It's like, no, I'm not a nerd. I'm a geek, you know, or I, <laughs> I prefer nerd or, you know, whatever. It's it's all, you're right. It's all in uh, all in what you want to call yourself. Well, it's, it's yeah, it's perception, yeah. I guess. But everybody still has a million different angles on even perception. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I just tell us a little bit There's about... a big fat non-answer for you, Lakita. <laughs> no, no, it, 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 it was... I live in the well, D.C. area, so that would be perfect. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about the Con of Wrath? Because to me, I find the story of that to be true science fiction. Like, I can't believe that even happened. Oh, well, it's still, I mean, it happens. It happens. It's happened with some of the other franchises lately. I mean, there was. A, yeah, happens all the yeah, time. So there was a big, <laughs> there, was a big there was a big Trek Con in Dallas in 2008 that, that this happened to. It got halfway through. And on Saturday morning, they showed up and said, uh, okay, well, this is shutting down. We're broke. And they kept it about six hours going, and everybody went home. No, the Con of Wrath was amazing because people people say, well, I was at so-and-so, or I heard about so-and-so, and and it was a meltdown. It didn't happen. It blew up. That's true, but this was like the first big, huge, mega event in Trek. Because like the first Trek Cons happened in 72 and 73, and they were the first – we used to call media cons because before that you'd had like sci-fi conventions out of the literature era, right? With and then artists and costuming and art and all that since the '30s with the, with first fandom and the and the world cons and all that. So there'd been like lit cons going along, and it was and they'd occasionally go, "Wow, Day the Earth Stood Still is a cool science fiction movie," and Forbidden Planet's a cool, you know, and Twilight Zone's mm-hmm. cool, and and it came from beneath the blob is is a horrible movie, and let's not watch it. You know, and and lost in space is juvenile fiction, and that's horrible. But 
it was Star Trek that really made such its own thing that people would have conventions just for that. And then, you know, mm-hmm. then four years later or whatever, Star Wars bang, you know, booms, and then you're off and running. But but um, it only been about 10 years until these guys that did cons in Houston when it was kind of – well, it still is a Wild West out there. still a woolly bully kind of thing doing a convention. <laughs> but these guys had, done a, had the idea to do a really cool out-of-the-box new paradigm kind of a thing where it wouldn't just be a convention, but it'd be literally be a rock show. It'd be an arena show and an arena where you would not just have like the same old talk and Q&A and do sign autographs, but – You'd have like a talk show and and Walter get the whole cast. A, B, uh, Rathacon was supposed to open, so this would be like two weeks after the Rathacon opened, and it was going to be everybody, including the new people, and and Starlog Magazine, which pre-internet was like the bible of science fiction and how you knew what was going on, was out there and part of it, and we'll have a talk show and and a orchestra. Gail can sing, and Walter can write a play, and everybody can act in it, and we'll have a laser show, and it'll be this huge celebration mega event. And everybody yeah. got all excited about it, and then Wrath of Khan opened, and it was a huge thing, and everybody was all excited. Yeah, that's more like it. And all these people came to Houston in humid June, and the bottom line is, as we say in the tagline, it did not quite go the way it was supposed to. <laughs> so this, so basically, this sort of like inspired that episode of Futurama where they had the the cast. It sounds like that. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're uh, right. You mean I, the I, one I, where I, the heads, the the ones, yeah, yeah. dark the first time. Yep. Uh, well, a little bit. Well, that was about like fan worship and all that. And yeah. but it that? sounds like the the plot though, in terms of like the later part of the episode where they're all stuck on the planet. Like you know, with the with the cloud alien, it sounds like kind of sounds like that whole thing. It's you know how <laughs> they were inspired by that those events. Well, sounds... the the thing about it wasn't just that it was a meltdown. It really was kind of a phoenix story, and that's why. Because here's the thing: that was my when I was a kid. That was our first big like roadshow convention to drive to, and two buddies of mine and my little brother were there, and we were there, and it was kind of like these dominoes falling, and and it was called. So the there's a regular convention going, and out at the arena where the Houston Rockets played ball where all the rock stars and all the out-of-town touring shows would come that's where they had it which is amazing because today it's joel osteen's megachurch wow by the way has been wonderful to let us film in there and do some oh nice walk and talks and stuff they've been great but um it was such a humongous thing it was like full page ad that's how i knew full page ads in starlog magazine and carrie o'quinn was going to be the mc and it wasn't just the original cast, but but Merritt Buttrick, late great Merritt Buttrick, and Kirstie Alley after she was Savick, and Harv Bennett, and all this stuff. And Mark Leonard was a guest to con. He got sucked in. But they had this revolving stage shaped like a Delta Shield patch and the captain's chair at the point of it for the MC, and it was just all this stuff. But on the Friday of, of doing it, they get found out that the ticket agencies that were telling people when they called in that it was a sellout – there was a breakdown somewhere because they sh- basically show up on Thursday, Friday, and say, uh, "No, you haven't sold. You haven't sold out three eighteen thousand seat arenas. You've got like about uh, three thousand people total for the three shows." Oh wow! <laughs> and then that dominoed, that dominoed back to the real convention, and it was. But but you had all these sort. You had the L.A. people from Hollywood, all the cast. You had the dealers, you had the crew there, and then you had the fans coming in from all over the country. And there's just like a million wacky stories all over the place. But the bottom line is everything – everybody agreed 
from Harv Bennett and the cast on down. Everybody agreed, and despite some hurdles to get through, including from the hotel where the regular convention was, everybody agreed to go through the whole weekend. The, even, like I said, the, the thing in Dallas a few years ago and some of these other conventions that failed, and they go, well, let's hang out for a few hours and go. The whole thing went on like it was planned. They went into this huge arena and had 800 people oh. in the arena, and they tried to wow. get them down. For, it's just, it's just amazing. And then there's all these wacky side things, like the planet, the rubber weather balloon they use as a planet projecting. I think exploded with too much pyro and started burning rubber, falling on people, and <laughs> almost getting burned. Oh, and the hotel trying to shut down the convention and people getting letters under their doors, and it was people not being allowed to check in unless they pay for their room again, and just wow. this, this whole ongoing thing. So. The, the sideshow part, the, the convention was Houston Con. The other thing was called Ultimate Fantasy, which was at the time, it was like your ultimate fantasy. Is it, oh, look, they're all going to be. Yeah. And this is no bloody A, B, C, or D. This is, the, you know, the, the part of this is it's the golden era. It's like the original cast. There is nobody else. This was the hugest thing ever done with Star Trek as a show event at the time. And, and then this happened. And, oh, there were, like, news crews showing up because people were calling and complaining and Houston news stations were showing up to find out what Paramount and Star Trek were doing to screw fans and who was at fault and was there fraud and all this stuff. But the sideshow, the part of the arena was called Fantasy. And by the end of the weekend, people were calling it the ultimate fiasco, the ultimate fallacy, the ultimate F. I know, snarky fans, who'd have guessed it? <laughs> no. Really? And two, week, two weeks after, um, after the Wrath of Khan opened, some they're walking along and i've got the girl uh, the she was a girl then she told me the story they were walking back from dinner and they were all talking about all this and she goes no guys i got it we just survived the con of wrath and so they all died laughing and they came back <laughs> they died laughing two, two or three of the button makers in the some of the dealers that had button makers heard that and started making i survived the con of wrath buttons that weekend <laughs> hey, jump on it. <laughs> so that's what wow. I, the title is not mine. I didn't come up with it, and it was from them, but it's the perfect title for this. And uh, anyway, so five years ago, flash forward, I went on, had a life. You know, like I said, uh, we survived. We only stayed one night. We went down to Galveston and went to Sierra and we weren't going to pay for our room again twice. Yeah. <laughs> back, and I have like pictures I took and some memories of some people. Anyway, Five years ago, like 2010, I ran into a guy at the Dead Dog Party after SoonerCon back home in Oklahoma City, and I hear a guy talking about Houston and Ultimate Fantasy, and I walk over, and I go, oh, you were there? Wow, I haven't thought about this in ages. He goes, was I there? I was the tech director for the state. So I start talking to him, and this huge light bulb goes off, and I instantly – because I've been trying to not just be a word guy but also be a media guy. And I've done a few right. things, did a couple of the pods for the Star Trek tour and a few things like that, but – and talking about people doing a movie on their laptop, I mean, we're not quite there, but I need a little help. But it's kind of like, you know, you can do stuff like this now, and you can do it on a micro budget. And do and I'd, I'd seen people who had done documentaries like that. Uh, and so I thought, hey, you know, I bet Walter and Harv and Nichelle and George would talk to me. All the people but one were still in Houston. Um, so I call Harv Bennett, who passed away this last February. I, Walter and Harv were kind of the, the ringleaders. And they both said, like, if both of them would do it, if either one of them would not do it, I said it's not worth doing. But both of them said, you know, not just yes, but hell yes. And because, uh, like, I've got stories you have to hear. You have to get this. You have to get this preserved. <laughs> you know. So 
so between them and finding the original crew and then finding what I call the survivors all across the country, the dealers. I, I, I could almost do a documentary just on all the old dealers. I, instead of calling it uh, Carnies, I'd call it Connies or something. But, <laughs> but that's a life unto itself, being the traveling convention you know, vendor dealer thing, the, especially the old school guys. Anyway, so we just did it. I just did it as a little, you know, not a not trying to get it done in six months, like rush, 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 fully funded thing, just doing trips at a time. I had a friend that had a camera that said, hey, I'll be your DP. And a friend of mine is an editor that I knew said, hey, I'll I go, guys, I don't have money attached to this yet. And they're like, I don't care. I want to do this. So um, with a basic team like that, we've just been filming people along. But now I've gotten George and Walter and we just got Nichelle last March. And I uh, did Harv Bennett right out of the gate, and he passed away here just a few months ago. Um, uh, uh, Wendy Doohan, Jimmy's widow, who was there that weekend, mm. and Carrie mm. O'Quinn, who was the editor of Starlog, who was the poor MC at the <laughs> on the on the rotating stage that Shatner refused to get onto. Anyway, just uh, <laughs> just and then like all the organized, it's just crazy. But aside from the story of that, I also talk about with a lot of them about and women that were involved. We talk about the difference between fandom then and now and trying to put this in context and, hey, it's pre-internet. It's pre-cell phones for God's sake and you know what's the same, what's different. Um, and but, one of my soapboxes is how women built Star Trek fandom and the whole thing about the geek girl revolt is kind of funny now because you know the first – all the women running convent, you know, three-fourths of the leaders behind conventions and nine-tenths of the people doing zines were women. And that was the pillars of Star Trek fandom and revival in the first days. So, you know, talking to the women about, yeah, hell, I was a Trek fan in the 70s. Where were you? You know, kind of a thing. So some of that yeah. stuff is fun on the side to do, too. It's going to be kind of woven through it. So I hope it's it's going to be something that I can take to conventions, but I really want it to be a human interest thing as well. And, you know, because like, I say, can, one of the things we say is, could this happen today? Because there's been, like I said, it there did. was the Firefly. Oh, there's been, there was a, there was a Galacticon for Galactica people. I think it was Galactica. Or Babylon Five. There was one that just happened oh. in Seattle a few months ago that totally. I'm sure it'll happen with Galactica at some point. I, I still think Galactica is very underrated um, as a as a uh, phenomenal TV show up there with you know Star Trek and some of the others. I'm, I'm yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to, you know, it's going to happen, especially now because there's so many things to get into. If something yeah. something can certainly not have the the same shelf life as it used to, you know, because yeah. there's so many different oh, yeah. things that come out. But you know, it is what it is, Larry. You, you 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 you. I think you're doing right in trying to use all these type of uh, you know digital strategies and media, social media strategies, and so forth to. Kind of not let that happen to you. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, like I you said, know? people say other things like this have happened, and I said, well, here's the thing. Number one, this was the first big mega event that anybody tried to do with Star Trek, and since Star Trek was the first mega franchise, we didn't talk about franchises before Star Trek. Right. You know? yeah. and, right. then, and then Star Wars was like right on its heels, and then it was kind of off and running. But, but until that, we didn't talk about things that way. So this was like the first right. mega event. And even within Star Trek, it was a golden era. It was just the original cast. Things were still new. They weren't, yeah. you know, maybe some of them got a little burned by this and kind of people got a little wary. It was still, kind of, like I said, it was still kind of a crazy world out there. You know, every city had their local con guys, and sometimes it was kids 
who were too starry-eyed, and sometimes it was hucksters out to make a buck, and you know, sometimes it was a mixture of the two. But it was just yeah. a really special time, and it was a time for everybody. Wait, uh, you, you said mixture of the two. Did you, did you see a bunch of kids that were hucksters also trying to make a buck? <laughs> <laughs> Because I might have to shake that kid's hand. I mean, I, you know. I think we've always had that. But what I'm getting at is these, the, you know, like the, the Comic-Con boom. I just want to make sure people – I want to tell the story, but also kind of open some eyes and maybe make sure people remember. Aside from just preserving some really important history that at the time people went, oh, right. that's that Star Trek thing, that Star Trek stuff. And now right. it's kind of like, well, now look, Big Bang Theory is the number one show. Comic-Con is a huge thing. Every city in the country wants – falls all over themselves. Oh, you're starting a Comic-Con? Here, let's give you these yeah. tax breaks. Please, bring 100,000 people to our city this weekend, you know? Yeah. Bring yeah. the geeks. Now. Bring the geeks to us. Bring, yeah, yeah. We are so, you know, geek-friendly. We speak geek here. And, and but this is a time, you know, before that and, and what they had to go through. But also, just letting everybody know under 30 or under 40 that that didn't all just get invented the last five, 10 years, you know? Yeah. And all this stuff yeah, happened exactly. back then. And, and a lot, you know, and some, it's one of those, the, the, a lot of stuff has changed, like communication and tech, but a lot of stuff is exactly the same. So, right, you know, right. So, just, just having fun with all those, all those threads and then telling, but the basic story itself is just incredible. So, you know, and we say, would this have, would given what we know about actors and franchises and fandom and 24 7 ness and, you know, if this, if this had happened today, would it all blow up on Twitter and Facebook and, because that's what's kind of happened. The, the the one I think it was the Galactica convention that happened um, blew up, and it was all over the place. And you know, and they were trying to disinvite people two days before they showed up. Yeah. And that's how the modern era. The, the other thing that's crazy is the only one that did not come was Nimoy, right in the middle of his "I don't want to be Spock anymore." Right? Oh. Yeah. He Spock. Yeah. And then at the last second, he changed his mind, and they filmed the thing, and then it goes on. And he, that kind of got caught up in this too. A week before they went on, he called and said, "Okay, I'll come." And they're like, "Oh mm -hmm. no, sorry, we've already got the program set up and the programs are printed." Now, can you imagine oh. that happening today? Oh. Today, they would keep, they would have him come, keep it a secret, and then he would walk out on stage. The place would go wild, and, yeah. and the internet yeah. would blow up. Right? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> that's how it would happen yeah. today. <laughs> that's how they did it, you know. Yeah. Well, like you say, it was one of the first experiences and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so well, just, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure so, people yeah. are looking forward to it. I'm, I'm sure yeah. people are looking forward to your uh Well, I've been working on it off and on four or five years. I hope people aren't going, Jesus Christ, when's he going to finish that damn thing off? This is the year we're kind of coming in for a landing. I'm trying to get it done sometime next year. If not in 2016, then early 2017, because that'll be the 35th anniversary of Rathacon and the Con of Yes, you're, Rath. you're so. still doing better than George R. R. Martin and his game of Trump. <laughs> yes, Illuminous so. <laughs> has lots to say about that. So. <laughs> so, uh, you're doing all right with it. Larry, that. Yeah, guys. <laughs> Larry, it's, it's, it's been a great time. I thought uh, you, you were so interesting. I just I just let the show go on. I was um, going to say, I. I, you guys kept talking, so don't. I didn't hijack anything here now. No, you. That was your job. No, we welcome the hijack once in a while. Okay. That was we your job. The hijack. That's what you have to speak it. You're fine. 
I'm infamous for going on shows and people going, that's the longest in your, you guys have been on for five years. That's your longest show ever. <laughs> He's like, I will outdo Star Trek. He's like, I will outdo Star Trek on <laughs> just a podcast alone. What? Yeah. <laughs> if you were here during the Avengers podcast, yeah, that would have been, yeah, that, that went on forever. <laughs> yeah, we have, um, we, we generally go two hours with our shows generally so now you're not you're, you're not stretching the limit here at all but, <laughs> no but i do here. appreciate i do appreciate you for coming on so, so i just i just i want to fit some of our regular stuff towards the end but uh i um uh so where can everybody get whatever they want with like <laughs> Menenchet? what what where do they go well the the best central hub is i guess is larrynimacek.com the, my website and uh, Facebook is Larry Nimichek's Trekland, and then I'm just at Larry Nimichek on Twitter. As I've watched this Twitter feed go crazy here tonight, so oh, that's yeah. out there. We do try. But I've, I've got a page for portal47.net is there, and uh, conifrath.com is there, and uh, our tours were next year, like I said, Geek Nation tours, the Star Trek tour, and he has about 30 other tours for any anything from military and historical to. You know, feudal Japan or Waterloo up to going to Gen Con or going to Comic Con or whatever. <laughs> but our big, you know, next year is the 50th, and yep. we're doing a San Francisco tour, either or with the LA to Vegas uh, film site tour for Trek. Next wow. Year. That's cool. That's geeknationtours.com. And we've got a, people are going, I'll tell you real quick, people are going crazy. Like the, the Trek Vegas convention is, go, people are like going, well, I've never been before, but I'm going next year by God. And everybody in Europe is saying, I've always wanted to go. I'm going to go on the 50th. And we have had – we've done the tour twice, and it always is the week before, and it leads into Vegas and includes Vegas. And we've had – we've broken even and had 13 people the last – first two go-rounds. We've got 20 already for next year. Mm. So we've had like – so if that's any kind of a barometer, it's just they, – the, the, the real hotel and creation have both had runs of people paranoid, panicking almost that they're going to – that they're like going to get cut out and they're not going to get a room or they're not going to get a ticket or something, which is silly. There's going to be plenty of space, but so it's the 50th is going to be insane. And that's just some high profile. I mean, you know, the putting the books and the events and the stuff that's going to be going on and, and Adam Nimoy's documentary about his dad and just all kinds of stuff. The 50th is going to be crazy. So it's a good time yeah. to to jump in on all things Trek and, and oh, and enterpriseinspace.org. Cool. I should say, remind that too. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, and if you're oh, and if you're a collector, I have found this non-slimy way of putting things out from my archives to sell on eBay or on our little local auction we have on Facebook every Sunday. But if you go to the Trekland trunk, just like the Facebook page or the Twitter, and then I put stuff up, and then it's there. I don't go gallivanting around the internet going, "Oh, come buy this." It's just like, "Hey, if this is your thing, here it is." La da da. It's all a little box, and if you like it, cool. And there's some, even some regulars that come every Sunday. That's a real hoot. That, that I put the funky googie stuff. That's not that's not eBay level, but people still want it. Um, that's what we do on Sundays on Facebook. So that's the Trekland trunk. If anybody, I, there. I think I ticked all my boxes. And he said, and he said funky. And he said funky. Hey, you got to man. You got like you say. You gotta you gotta give the people something and put a little food on the table. Nothing wrong with that. So I. I I hope that um, you continue to prosper, as we all do. Yes. We, we hope that you continue to prosper and 
things get bigger for you and that, uh, you, you know, yeah, yeah, next year with the anniversary, I, the whole thing blow up. Which yeah, really well, blow good. up in a good way. Blow up in a good yeah. way. In a yeah. good way. Yeah, well, yeah, I say, well, well, that's my thing. When I say blow up, that it's always a good thing. Or maybe maybe it should just engage. Maybe just engage. We want them to be down. We want them to beam everything down. Engage. We just want speed. Warp seven. Just throw a number at the end of it. Just whatever speed you want it. Or as we say in the 70s keep on trekking yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Oh. There's, a, there's a retro cool one for you there right yeah, i have a shirt i oh, think man, i that's... had a shirt that said uh i got a shirt that said keep on trekking you know yeah, and the I ultimate think. was if you you know the r crumb the guy with the big foot forward doing the keep yeah. on trek trucking thing you got yeah. there, was a, there was a thing back in the day where they took that and then put the guy wearing like a blue spock you know, uniform. Oh, and keep on trekking. trekking yeah, yeah, and then it's, yeah, keep on. Trekking. As long as it wasn't a red uniform. That's funny. That's yeah, true. Well, that's, <laughs> that's kind of the antithesis of keep on. <laughs> Don't, wear Don't wear red. Don't wear red. It's very grateful dead at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Larry, before b- before you leave, actually, you can hang around if you want to talk some uh, current fall TV talk. We're, we're just going to shoot the breeze a little bit about TV, but I want to ask you a question that I've been asking guests recently um which apocalypse would you do you think that you would survive the best (laughs) (laughs) okay which apocalypse do you think you should you could survive the best the zombie apocalypse the alien apocalypse the vampire apocalypse the robot apocalypse or the Smurf apocalypse. <laughs> oh man, I think we just creeped them out now. I, I, yeah. <laughs> oh come on, it's gonna take. It's gonna take a lot more than that. So, yeah. yeah. Did you not listen to this guy? What yeah. <laughs> big enough to take a few insults? Yo, yeah. he can. He yo, he'll take yeah. it and dish it real quick. So which one do you think you, you know could what? survive? It's almost but... like. It's almost like I. It's not that. What would I survive? It's like which one I would I want to see the most. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. There you go. There you go. Which one would and that I, be? And I'm sorry. I just. I think I would want to see the alien apocalypse. Really? Wow. Just well, to know. Right. Just to know that it's real. Because there's a piece of me that wants to say there's more chance in hell of having an alien apocalypse than all those other ones. <laughs> True so, that. Except maybe yeah, the smart. Except maybe the well, smart. So I was about to say alien overlords. In other words, I want to see the Smurfs myself. <laughs> that is true. Although they keep talking about developing these AIs, and and I, you know, one, one time our one time our garbage robot is just all revolt and just. You well, know, you know what's going to happen. I just want to. I just want to meet Smurfette. Yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, we're not going to go there. Not going to go there. I want to know how many inches of makeup she's wearing so she doesn't look like she's the most worn out. Thing. <laughs> I just said we weren't going there. We have our own. Wow. We have he our just, own Smurf with the you know, shot with the shot. He, he just there, he so. just graduated to like like. Geek Soul Brother level right there. That's just, that's exactly what we're on when we're not trying to respect the guests. 
what we're talking about. Larry, listen, you can uh, stick around. We're just going to talk about some Flash and Arrow and some, you know, a couple little TV uh, shows we always like to get the guests or – Guys, or, I, or, I, I uh, dead weight. I, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to put inject anything here. But I, when I was, I just never was a big comics guy because I, I was easy for me to believe people running around at warp speed that could talk about Hitler and Napoleon than it was the people in the capes running around. I just, right, I just right. That's why you wait for yeah. aliens to I come totally down. Respect. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. See, you picked up on it. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's fine. That's fine, Larry. Actually, we didn't even do our new segment, so we got to do that, and then we'll oh, probably no. cut okay. out. Well, guys, yeah. it's, it's been a lot of fun, though. Thank you. One yeah. thing you guys have to do is talk to somebody out in the Northeast and get me to a con up that way somewhere, big yeah. or small. Oh, I don't well, know. Well, yeah, now we got to do that. That's yeah. like I've barely been out that way. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. You were talking about that. Yeah. Some con. We need to. We need to figure that we, out. We need to. We need to, to use back. our influence. We uh, need Larry on a con. 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 Well, Larry will we'll contact somebody that has some uh, serious influence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys call yeah. in. Some yeah. Yeah. Call in some cards there. Do, you know. Absolutely. Pull some strings. There you go. Do what you do best. Yeah. We 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 know a couple people that know a couple people. Yeah. We got a friend downtown. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. We'll, we'll have fun. Whatever going. falls off the okay. truck. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. We really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Anytime you want to come back, or just call up and just yeah. say, hey, I got something. You know, you guys might want to learn about or know about. Just give us a call. We're, we're always I'm, here Tuesday. Don't don't say you want me because I'll do that. Okay. We already did. Oh, yeah. We already did. <laughs> it's out there. Sign still yeah, delivered. Fine. You have it on tape now. You, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't backpedal. And definitely for the fiftieth, you know, because it's going to be big. That's what so. I think. I think, and you know what? I'm a cheap date for those cons. So you know. awesome. Those are the ones I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even Toby Wan to make it uncomfortable. Yeah. Yo, he started with Smurf that. Thank you, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, from a purely anthropological, <laughs> biological point of view, I'm just saying. It is true. It is so. true. That's all, Harry. <laughs> all right, Larry. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Take care. Thank you again. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Uh, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Archman, for uh, oh, hey, the It's Eric. <sighs> El Camino <laughs> from the cave. <laughs> that's what happens in the cave. Is that El Camino or is it? Yeah, that's me echoing. Yo, that's me echoing. I just, I just, mute, I just unmuted myself. Yeah, he came back, oh, back, awesome. back, yeah, back, yeah. back on back, the show, back, show, back. show, 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 show. <laughs> Turn your volume down a little and it should uh, the echo should go away. But um, yeah, yeah Atlanta, AKA yeah, Shadow Cell. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Uh, thank you, madam. Yes, for yes. bringing on Larry Never Check. You yeah, uh, should show. call me uh, Shadow Siren. No, we're not. We're not doing all that. See, you get too big. You get too big. Come on, it is too late to be renaming. right back in the shoebox. Yeah, thank you, thank you. You know, size four and a half. Like, yeah, come on, come on. 
Yeah. Turn it back. Here's your biscuit. Sit down. <laughs> Here's your coke. Sit down. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's all great. Let, let, let's finish up with some new stuff, and uh, we'll we'll leave some TV to next week. All right. Are we gonna go? Do you need the theme song? Why not? Yeah, we yeah, need right. the theme song. Why the hell not? Straight from America. <laughs> Take it away, private. Well, technically, I'm Canadian. It, technically, it's coming from Canada. All right, all right, all right. No, I'm recording this. I'm recording. Oh, okay. Just go. Go. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, we we begin put into America. Yeah, I know. Uh, we begin tonight with the aftermath of this weekend's box office battle, which may leave Warner Brothers a hefty, a bill. hefty bill. What the hell? Uh, anyway, <laughs> THR is reporting that, Warner, that WB... Maybe looking at a loss between 130 and 150 million dollars after its lackluster <laughs> performance of Pan in markets all over the all over the world. Oh, I guess you could say who's laughing I, about it. That's terrible. I guess you could say it was Pan. <laughs> well, no, I guess you can say Pan was a real jam for Warner Brothers. <laughs> You guys are can we Yeah, no, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Work, work on that Peter one again. Pan, peanut butter. No, no, no. I can pick no, you from a no, DM no. field. You're so corny right now. No, yeah. Anyway, this is a third underperforming big budget film this year for the studio. Uh, of course, they had Jupiter Ascending and The Man from Uncle. So. Yeah, their hopes were for financial success. Pan out. A Man from Uncle was good, though. You guys, you guys out there, you should go watch Man from Uncle Rent or something See? like that. It was good. <laughs> And I like It'll the pan out metaphor. Wait, make back their money on DVDs? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's uh, like making back their money on eight tracks. That's so <laughs> Anyway, speaking of Warner Brothers. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Mutsky had one. You can say their profits for pan will never grow up. Dare <laughs> oh. 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 the Musk. Hey, hey, oh, hey, if we, clap, if we clap our hands enough, maybe the pro, maybe it'll be number one next weekend. <laughs> I'm not hurting myself. Yeah, I know. Speaking of Warner Brothers delusions of grandeur, the studio wants to see Mad Max Fury Road as an Oscar contender. Uh, film, film critic no. posted, yeah, well, it, a film critic is posting an ad <laughs> he received from the studio asking for Academy voters to consider the film as a Best Picture nominee. For Why what not? year? It's one of the best movie, reviewed movies of the year. Come yeah. on. There's 10 slots they got to Wait, best, best reviewed movie? Say that five, say that five times fast. Best reviewed movie? Best reviewed It's not going to be an Oscar or anything. Dude. See, Dark Knight was up for an Oscar. You may as well. Well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll rewatch that. And the, the... Wait, what? No, no. Nope. That shouldn't yeah, have been up either. There's 10 <laughs> slots. Why pull up like, you know, some just French movie about pudding or whatever. No. Hey, that's a good movie, though. Yeah, true. I like yeah, French but... pudding. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Kanye Kanye West is pissed about in-app game purchases. Uh, Mr. Kardashian went on to Twitter. Uh, went on a tro- Twitter. <laughs> Mr. Kardashian. <laughs> complaining about how kids' games have easily accessible in-game microtransactions. 
However, one must wonder if Kanye has spoken to his wife, Kim Kardashian, regarding this since her mobile game is notorious for this. You know what happened? North picked up her phone, started playing mommy's app, and brought out their line. So, no, I can swear there's like a Nickelodeon kids com about this going on right now. Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm very sure there is. Yeah, it's called Game Chasers. It's quite horrifying. Yes, um, her universe is branching out by starting up its own publishing organization. Uh, the company's founder and voice actress Ashley Eckstein announced at NYCC that she will will be starting up an imprint that will promote female writers and artists. Uh, the firm has already lined up two books in, for publish when it launches in 2016. That's nice. Yes, that's, yeah, uh, well, that's nice. pretty big, considering. Uh, Matthew Vaughn is now playing is not playing when it comes to the Kingsman sequel. Uh, the director and producer has optioned a clause in lead actor Taron Egerton's contract, who was scheduled to star in the Robin Hood origin story at Lionsgate, so that the spy film could begin shooting in February. So basically, he single-handedly forced Lionsgate to hold their horses. Oh, considering okay. how like we've had how many Robin Hood origin stories, and none of them have done well since the Robin Hood Prince. Yeah, tell me about it. Since Clark Gable. <laughs> it's just a Disney film. Yes, I love the Disney film. Yes. Uh, have you ever wondered why Mattel has never got around to developing a Dino Riders uh, into a film? No, not really. I mean, Hasbro done it. Well, wonder no more. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, the toy company, <laughs> along with the film studio, are looking to give the Hasbro uh, Hasbro a run for its money for toy property films. Using the 80s toy slash cartoon as the first of, I mean, I'm assuming here, many adaptations of their toy lines. Uh, currently, there are no studios backing the project. What? Really? Did, really? They, did they really? really sit there and watch the last Jurassic Park movie, saw them in that ball and say, yo, we can do this? Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. That's basically what the cartoon was. Like, <laughs> Oh, I can't even, like think like uh, cartoon uh, movies based off the better '80s dinosaur cartoons like Dino Saucers. <laughs> You're saying that's better. Uh... Yeah, I know, right? Okay, sure. Denver the Last Dinosaur. Come on, man! You're not helping your cause at all. Centurions. Yes, Centurions. Come on, I Mask. Centurions. Mask. Come on. Come well, on. no, that's Hasbro too. Uh, isn't it? it doesn't matter who it is. Just take a cartoon I mean, now. That's what they're doing. Well, <laughs> but do those cartoons have dinosaurs? That is my question. You need a I dinosaur. Like dinosaurs did. Hold no, on, this give me Brave Star. Give me a horse. I, I actually brought up like a, they should do a Xenozoic Tales movie. Like how many times on this podcast? I don't know I why thought they were working once on a it long or time ago. And and, and, it, and it happened it, a long time ago, <laughs> and it should stay there. Moving on. Yes, uh, lady, uh, lady badass Ronda Rousey still holding out hope for Captain Marvel. Uh, promoting her new film, the MMA fighter stated in an interview that hopefully, when she has built up enough experience, don't you go say something else? Yeah, that, that Marvel Studios will seriously consider her for the role when casting begins. Rhonda, 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 you do MMA. It's not fake enough. You won't learn how to act. <laughs> She'll learn how to yeah. take a punch. Maybe Ms. Marvel 3. Maybe yeah, Miss like, <laughs> Marvel's sister in the movie. Yeah, maybe Does like, she even look like Miss Marvel? <laughs> exactly. Like, Thank, like, you. Like Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's all. That's where I'm going. 
her sister. She looks like her sister. Ronda yes, Rousey can actually fly, so she might. Be- <laughs> okay, well, she's got the job. She's got the job. Exactly. Uh, Im- Imagine Entertainment is getting into the increasingly crowded field of Hollywood anime adaptations. Story no. also announced at the New York Comic Con that it will be producing a film based off the popular anime series Tiger and Bunny. <gasps> okay, I actually hey. like Tiger and Bunny. Why are they going to mess that up? <laughs> You know what? You know what? That has potential to be interesting with the whole corporate thing. Yeah, that they might be able to do that. I don't completely misunderstand. I the first problem is I don't think it's really that popular enough to really. No, it's not. Yeah, it wasn't even no, popular the, here. M dog, M dog, they yeah, won't misunderstand it. They won't hmm. understand it at all. <laughs> it's not it, it, it's not necessarily popular but I think the theme of the corporate sponsored superhero would would fit right if they, they won't do it right they won't do it right it's called mystery men yeah mystery men it's something about to say they they won't do it right that's the problem uh, yeah yeah you know right. a written script something done well and yeah, just no, hand no. it to somebody no. nah not gonna uh, uh, some quick TV news after four seasons Beauty and the Beast has has been finally put down Oh. Oh. They shot beauty. There's more. The minion has also been struck down from the heavens after two Aww. episodes. That one I'm what? The minion really? shot down from the heavens. Yes. What? Yep. That's a travesty. Yeah, maybe that would give a John to watch. Fallen angels. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, George R. R. Martin's werewolf story skin trade has been optioned as a series on Skinamax. Oh. It just made skin trade, though. Well, we know where it's going. It's starring uh, Dolph Lundgren. It's on Netflix. Carrie Ann Moss's character and Jessica Jones has been revealed to be a gender swap version of a character who supports Iron Fist. So basically, she'll be throughout the rest of the other series, I'm sure. They no. like this is something new, though. Like, really? Is... Uh, Paul Rubens will what? sort of... Well, okay, well, go keep over. No, no, go ahead. Okay. Uh, Paul Rubens will sort of reprise his role from Batman Returns as Penguin's dad on Gotham. Uh, I am your father. Yes, those... <laughs> oh, they those... still penguin's mom. <laughs> turkey noise. Yeah. yeah, that's really what that was. Oh, man. How many of you have really heard of penguin? Yeah, those who were lamenting that Mark Hamill will not be returning as to the Flash, take heart. The actor will has confirmed he will be back as the trickster this season. And last but not least, yeah. Supergirl ends loose. Last but not least, Supergirl has found its first real nemesis for Kara Zor-El and Non, who will be played by Chris Mance. Which, by the way, my wife was like, "That's a real character name." Wait, what was the name? Non. Uh, oh, God, I was confused too. Wait, wait, wait! Doesn't non have like no dialogue whatsoever? Non at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be here all night. Oh man! Thank you. That's I my show. Feel it's sucked. See, I, I have a feeling that Larry just sort of like leashes energy on us, and now we're starting to feel it. <laughs> no, I, I think he felt ours a little. Oh, bit. I'm always feeling it. I know. Uh, and, that's so uh, nasty. <laughs> I'm not even going to do the she she joke. Don't, bet, don't do I it. Bet Just you, cut I it. bet you cut it. have. Cut uh, it. Anyway, and finally, major storms are becoming hip, yo. Uh, oh, weather, really? Yeah, the, the Weather Channel has announced its names for the 2015-2016 storm season, and the majority of them look like a teenager's social media account vomited all over them. 
Uh, some of the more notable storm names for this season are Echo, Goliath, Lexi, Bella, so of course Twilight got in there somehow, Xandor, <laughs> and of course YOLO! <laughs> really? Really? Yes, Yo, I, I can't wait till they call it. Like, I found the first one I with sharks! Make, I cannot make this up. YOLO? Is it, is it against the law to punch a weatherman? <laughs> I just to... Not on air. Zandor. Not, not on air. I like, I like a, I like a storm called Magneto or something like that, or Darth Vader. I, I mean, like a, oh, going to go Vader. I like a storm called exactly what the hell the storm is. Like, what is it a storm that's a tornado, or is it like, <laughs> like hurricane? Get the hell out of here! You start naming storms, and you know, people get confused. It's like, oh no, no, lollipop is coming through. Oh wow, people running outside getting. Tornado, get the f out right now! You know? Wasn't Xander like a movie where like uh, Sean Connery wore like an orange thong? <laughs> what? Oh, wait, that, was, oh, wait, that was Zardoz. Zardoz. Yeah. Zardoz and, yeah. and yes, please name a storm Zardoz. <laughs> oh no, please, people, go out and watch that, that movie. Hilarious. <laughs> Watch the movie oh, first. Oh, my yes. God. Uh, anyway, for more news and commentary from the Five Nerdy Venoms, check us out on Twitter at Five Nerdy Venoms. That's F-I-V-E Nerdy Venoms. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Five Nerdy Venoms. Again, F-I-V-E Nerdy Venoms. And that's your news for this Tuesday evening. Yeah, instead of, like, this hurricane that, like, rains water and, like, spits guns at you and says the gun is good, the penis is evil. <laughs> Nice. Now y'all making me think of a storm called Sharnado with Sean Connery just flying in, with, with, flying around in, in, the, in the orange uh, in the orange song. Just seeing stuff from all of his movies. That's the production. <laughs> As he flies by you, he's just quoting his movies. And, and that's, <laughs> that, that's how we'll get him out of out of retirement. Right there couldn't there, be so. only one. Yeah, but, the, the, but then it gets like. Cut. Did it get attacked by Marlin Tornado because Marlin Wade thought his brother was in it? We we got a Sean Connery and a King coming from east to west. They're gonna meet in the in the mid coast. Because one right. because one mega storm. <laughs> oh my god! All right, and uh, real quick, give us a top five box office films. Scary got, movie seven. Martian is still number one, seven million. Hotel Transylvania two, uh, number two, twenty million. Pan bombed at fifteen. The intern, I don't know how that's around, is number four with uh, eight point six mil. And Cario is number five with seven point five. Yeah, I'm glad for Cario. The intern is still uh, around because he said he saw it and he liked it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I kissed a girl and I liked it. She saw it and she liked it okay, but it was. What'd you say, Artsumana? The the ending was a little uh... heavy-handed. She said, "Yeah, yeah, they they could have left it uh, like you know five five seconds, you know, earlier. They had that right. whole AI problem. You know how AI had like ten different endings, and you're just like, let's end this. Oh, but I thought it was a great AI." <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, you get ready to get up and yeah, you're like, wait, it pissed me off. It was like it was, it was such a good story, and then Spielberg yeah. turned it into an ED yeah. movie. I was like, yeah, I think exactly. everybody takes a nap. Spielberg, <laughs> yo, I actually watched it. I actually caught the ending and just thought it was a movie by itself. Just that like ending, yeah. that ending, like yeah, for real. it's like those robots are like we have like you know the only specimen of human DNA ever. We're gonna recreate your mummy. 
Now she's going to sleep death forever. I told you, it was, <laughs> exactly. a, it was a whole nother movie. Like, what was like, that? Wow. Hell, man. <laughs> it's like you that, have, that, a, that, like, that. you know, like a human specimen that you wanted and suddenly, like, you know, no, no, no. Oh, he had to apologize to all those people out there that was just like lost somebody. Those, like, robots, oh. those robots were just evil. They were like the children of the Borg and the Sentinel. <laughs> <laughs> just getting together. Um, uh, El Camino, real quick, what's coming out this weekend? Okay, give me one moment. Come okay, on, you had one Put job. Put it away, jeez. Why are you playing? Why are you playing with it? Goosebumps is open this um, weekend. Crimson Peak is open this weekend. Shut up, dude. I got Rich you. Is five. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Go ahead, El Camino. Anyway, British Spies worldwide release comes out this week. Crimson Peak comes out this week. Goosebumps comes out this week. Limited release of this movie called All Things Must Pass. Limited release of Beasts of No Nation. Limited release of Cut Snake. Limited release of Death Valley, limited release of Diabolical, limited release of Experimenter, limited release of Me- uh, Meadowlands, limited release of The Assassins, limited release of PR Cop Punch Nama Part 2, limited release of Room, limited release of The Russian Woodpecker, limited release what? of... <laughs> I don't even want to know. What is that? Hey, your kiss oh. is just as good as mine. So, so Yo, watch Skinamax next exactly. weekend. Did you say the Russian pecker? Russian woodpecker. The Russian woodpecker. Oh, no, no, the wood. That, that was, wasn't that your nickname in, in college? <laughs> Dude, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was his football name, Nick. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, I got mistaken so there. How, so how long, how much are we, how much are we going to bet on the uh, Del Toro curse this weekend? Uh, I'm going to see it. It's already trending pretty low. Uh, you you know what the story? The story might not. The story might be like Pacific Rim, where it kind of you know fumbles a little bit. But I'm sorry, yeah. man. Pe- people are caught up in that visual, man. They they want to see yeah. it. It's going up against. Yeah. Want to see it. It's going up against a Spielberg movie and Goosebumps. It's not. Kind of want to see Goosebumps. Actually, a lot of people kind of want to see Goosebumps. I'm surprised Goosebumps, Goosebumps is actually doing rather well. So I might no, I, I'm sorry. I will not see anything with Jack Black in it. Well, I mean, they're they're discounting Jack Black. Like, I don't want to see it. I think the only time Jack I ever saw Black Jack Black. wacky guy or whatever. Listen, the only time I saw Jack Black in the theaters was Tropic Thunder, and I just sort of got dragged into that. Hey, that was actually good. Yeah, it was. It was. I could it see was. if you it went was. and saw King I, Kong. I'm not saying it wasn't. I turned, I turned out to enjoy it, but, you know. Then you can Jonathan, enjoy a little bit of Black Jack. Uh, Jack Black. Yeah. Totally hate. <laughs> You're hate, Jonathan. Right. <laughs> the private is fronting, because he was front and center when Gulliver's Travels came out, y'all. I know. Oh, oh wow. Actually, Ooh. actually, he helped tie him down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Where are we yeah. going with this? Whoa, whoa. Is that in, like a uh, sex stream of going going or something? Kind of That's in a Mac. All kinds of directions. Oh, sorry. Also, the all things was past what? makes me feel old because it's about Tower Records. Tower Records. Oh. Tower Records. They're still around. It's- no, they're gone. They've been gone for years. Oh, I'm like, where did you find IMDb one? Like, <laughs> yeah, they're gone. Man. You they're dug gone. it up. Like, <laughs> they've been gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're on our downfall when we were all at, uh, you know, right? Yeah, we was at right. So, is it a documentary or is it like yeah, Empire Records? Yeah, it's, docu- yeah, it's a documentary. 
Yeah, nothing is as good as Empire Records. And oh, look, Colin Hanks directed it. <laughs> the Lions. <laughs> hey, look, Tom, Tom Hanks' son directed it, too. Look at that. Oh, oh. Colin. The rapper or Colin? Colin. 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 Okay. Colin. You know, he has a rapper. Yes, I know. The good son. No. <laughs> <laughs> he does not have a rapper. <laughs> yeah, he does. He that does. no, no, no. Yeah, he doesn't. Does no, he doesn't. He has another song. <laughs> have you heard him? Have Have you heard him? He does not have a rapper. <laughs> the rapping son. Yo, know, the rapping son is the Roger Clinton of the Hanks family. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so much for getting Tom Hanks ever on the show now. (laughs) Oh, he'll come. He'll come and tell you his son's not a rapper. Let's let our guests go. Let's let our listeners go. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can check us out. My notes aren't coming up, so I'm going to have to do a Twitter by by memory. Um, Yeah. Check us out on Twitter, mdog957, Aaliyah underscore she, Howard Toby, Illuminous, Jonathan J. Stone Zero, Real Lord Dalek, Hillarican underscore Uno, uh, Arts Humana, Serena22, J.D. Vieira. Can you get it? Is it? Got one more, is it? You got me already. Did somebody just like, stick their mic in their pocket? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Magic do not, do not and, for, <laughs> and for all your nerdy news, uh, 5 million fans, that's F-I-V-E, Nerdy Venoms on Facebook, Twitter, and me, Geek Soul Brother, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, YouTube, and all sorts of things. Uh, I might even jump on Periscope soon. I might just do some inadvertent... Uh, I was thinking about doing that. Invert. Invert, son. Invert. 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 Invert me. I might do some uh, videos. But check us all out. And of course, go to that website, geeksoulbird.com. News, reviews, and trailers. Also got that donate button. That's that. Oh, Throw me off every so time. <laughs> yeah, we've been yeah we've been on the air entirely too long, man. Let's wrap this thing up. Yeah. <laughs> so until then, thanks everybody. El Camino's getting edgy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll get off the show, but <laughs> tune in. Tune in next Tuesday. Nope. We'll have uh, well, some we more interesting feed and some good. Uh, oh Thursday. yeah, this Thursday we this, got this uh, Thursday. Tommy Ganami. Yep. Tommy Ganami. Tommy Gumani coming on, so you guys gotta check us out. Yep. Uh, we'll have, we'll have an interview. We'll have an interview. Have a nice with, uh... <laughs> Go ahead, Jonathan. No, I was just saying, we're gonna have an interview with Ron Wimberly, and of course, uh, more of the hijinks that we usually do. So, uh... <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> Jinx when you're high, yeah. I'm we're there. looking forward to it, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> yep, we always are. <laughs> Did we okay, lose? Yes, of course. Yes, we lost them. Yes, and we lost the real Geek Soul Brother. So until the, until Thursday, and again, <laughs> catch us on Thursday for Comic Online. And 
are you normally on Tuesday nights, you know, our normal show. So until then, check you out later. Peace out. Burge. Burge. Really? You guys don't know what a bacon number is? Yeah. Come on, man. What is that? What's a bacon number? I it's just really good if you get it from McDonald's. Okay. Six, you ever heard of it? Okay. <laughs> Okay, six degrees of Kevin. Okay, you guys didn't say it already. Good night, folks. (laughs) We already did. I tried to explain this. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon is a board game. Oh yeah, yeah, Kevin Bacon. So, like the bacon number is how many steps are you removed from Kevin Bacon? So, by having Larry. Okay, tonight we had Larry on. Larry mm-hmm. is in start, was in the first two episodes of Star Trek Continues, which stars Todd Haverkorn and Vic Mignona. Vic Mignona was in something with Will Wheaton, who was in a movie with Kevin Bacon. Ooh. Makes us four Star steps bacon. of bacon. Our bacon number went up to four. Baby. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. When you walk into Geek Brothers, just order the bacon number four. Oh, Never fall. That, that, that <laughs> hey, don't don't okay. start because I'm I'm already hungry. Don't make me go to Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go Wendy's and get a baconator. They got breakfast all day now. And now I want baconator. Oh, and Lord Dialect, that wasn't somebody putting their mic in the pocket. That's what it sounds like when you drop a mic, a headphone mic, not like a regular mic. So, so you did a mic drop? In the I way. didn't. Uh, wow. Geek Soul Brother wow. did. <laughs> wow. He did it. Wow, I didn't. Hey, look, that was just the Lord Dalek feeling it again. That's all. <laughs> oh, he had to drop his. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.